RSN Carnival 2. Good morning and welcome to Trevor Barker Beach Oval in Sandringham for the VFL Women's Match of the Day. It's round 15 and we have got a cracker. Second versus fifth, the Southern Saints versus Hawthorne. A lot on the line for both sides. You're listening to it on RSN Carnival 2. That's digital radio throughout Melbourne, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. I'm Peter Holden. Great to have your company on this beautiful sunshiny day in Sandringham. First of all, let's introduce our calling team for today as we go around. First of all, perched up high on a bench behind us, fresh from playing uh, footy in the Community Cup, running around in the Masters as well. The Rock Dog herself, it's great to have Coach Kiwi Lisa Roper. Yes, I think the whole country's on a high today after um, our All Blacks and Black Ferns. So, uh, uh, what, what, what's this all about? <laughs> you that other sport that we play over the ditch. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, we, we, we're not interested in that. You're in Aussie Rules country here. True, very true. Great to have you, uh, Kiwi, and you must be looking forward to today's one. An absolute cracker. Yeah, I am. I'm a bit excited. Um, after yesterday's beautiful weather for football, I was looking forward to another day sitting and watching. And um, like every beachside oval in Australia, I think you get this gorgeous, strong wind that comes across. But, um, you know, there's some um, awesome of our young, some of our young girls are on show today, so I'm excited to see them um, do their stuff. And another person that will be helping you in the match analyst role today, having a look. She's back straight from Queensland. I think she is. Either way, that's a great fake tan. But it's great to have back in the broadcast position after helping cooling out a tweet up in the QAFLW competition, a legend of women's football, multiple premiership coach, of course, at Swan Districts. Great to have Nicole Gray's back in commentary. Thanks, Pete. It's great to be back. Well, yeah, it is great to be back <laughs> in, the, in the home of footy, but uh, it's a lot fresher. Uh, than I well not that I was expecting but um, yeah it's been certainly a bit of a shock coming in two days ago from 25 to 11. Oh so. it's, a, it's a beautiful sunshiny day it's just the breeze blowing off the bay here at Sandringham. Yeah we're lucky in the position of the grandstand that we're actually got, we, we've got we've got the uh, barrier behind us so we're, we're we're okay in here Pete so far if it turns around we might be in trouble. And talk about this game just briefly, because we'll be chatting to the coaches at 11.20. Peter Searle is going to join us. 11.25, Patrick Hill will join us, and uh, we'll be discussing their side and their matchups. But this is how it's on the line today. If the Southern Saints win on percentage, they will go to the top of the table with one round to play, looking for what the VFL claim will be a home final. We'll see what how that pans out. Um, and then an opportunity to knock Hawthorne into a dangerous position. If Hawthorne win, they're in the finals. If Hawthorne lose, then they're up against Collingwood in the final round with Richmond, Melbourne Uni and Geelong all scrapping for that final spot in the six. One team cannot fit. Oh, try to make it fit. I listen, as I said, and it'll be a bit of these teams are both really well coached. You know, got, mm. 
with Pete Searle. So it is a bit of a battle of the coaches too. They move the ball really nicely, but certainly with Pete Searle and Paddy Hill up against each other, I'm looking forward to that one just as much as I am. Um, this pretty star-studded lineup, Pete. These two teams we were just going through earlier have a, a plethora of AFLW experience in both of them, whether they're currently listed players or have played in the AFLW in the first three seasons. So it should be an absolute ripper. We'll go through some of the uh, Hawthorne players to begin with, the uh, challenges today, the reigning premiers. And we're talking about the amount of... Uh AFLW talent they've got in their side despite not being officially an AFLW club, they only have their VFLW side going straight through from the top of the list uh, Jordan Membry who is I think an X-Line then a Magpie and will be at the Suns next year so uh, a few jumpers that she's got there in the cupboard uh, Talia Radden of course uh, ex-Crow then Melbourne last year she'll be running around for them, current Geelong footballer Phoebe McWilliams, uh, former Swan Districts footballer, GWS Giants footballer Thanks for sneaking that in Pete. Jack Beeson I actually believe um, she was coached by a certain AFLW star in her junior days at Swan Districts. She was. Back in those days, Beck was a, you know, young 14, uh, 15-year-old, and she, her, her coach was Chelsea Randall. So, as I said, we were talking about with the first year one, um, Beck went up to Chelsea. They were playing on each other around about the same place, and she goes, oh, do you, do you remember me? So, it just was like, yeah, I do, Beck. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, the master and the apprentice, and, and both of them playing amazing football in the last couple of years of AFLW as well, so Beck's an absolute champ. And talking about a Swan Districts theme, Kirby Bentley, uh, of course, uh, ex-Swan Districts footballer, Fremantle footballer, and of course, uh, formerly at Carlton, uh, looking to get back on an AFLW list for 2020. Yeah, and she's uh, speaking with Kirby. She's really enjoying it down at Hawthorne, really enjoying uh, the coaching of Paddy Hill and, uh, you know, and the inclusivity that they have at the Hawks. I think it's been good for, for Kirby there, so I'm really wishing her luck and hoping she does get on another list. And Kiwi, along with another GWS player, which we had in Beck Beeson, uh, Pepper Randall, of course, running around again for Hawthorne. Yeah, Pep's always exciting to watch, and um, she manages to get into the heads of the fours she's on, which makes the game a little bit more entertaining. So. <laughs> got, got to like her style. Oh, you've got to love that someone's just able to just give that little bit of niggle and how's your yeah. day going? It's going to be rotten now. Um, if we continue our look through the list, Meg Hutchins, of course, as we know, um, what, year 16, I think, of her career? 16, 17? Yeah, certainly of our, her women's footy career. And as I said, what a stellar career that's been as well. And, and I honestly think Hutchie could have played the last, you know, the last season at, at AFLW level, the way she played mm. her VFL season last year was, you know, great leadership and that, you know, that general in defence always. But she got her Self up forward where she originally played some of her really best football back in the days. On on that, and she's playing this role at the moment at Hawthorne, and I'm surprised that A, either North Melbourne Geelong last year, or B, for next year, because I know she's now officially retired, but St Kilda and Richmond, none of them have gone to Hutchigan. She could easily play that Luke Hodge role of, we need you as the playing coach. You might only have one or two years on you, but we're going to have a lot of youngsters in our first year. Be handy having you out there for year one or two of the comp. Yeah, she really did make a decision um, on that. Obviously, I've known um, Hachi for a really long time as well, and, and certainly when I got to Carlton, um, and our, you know we lost two defenders in that year. I certainly had a conversation with Hachi, but she was pretty, pretty adamant that she wanted to retire and was sort of done with that. So we sort of didn't go much further than that. But I, I just think you know she's a fantastic, uh, fantastic leader and talent. I think she's got, still got plenty. Uh, one player that we certainly hope is, is not done, and there's some more years of football left in there at the AFLW level after being delisted from the Adelaide Crows, is Sarah Perkins, who uh, we saw a couple of weeks ago at Melbourne Uni really turn it on, and uh, uh, three goals and a best-on-ground performance. And uh, I guess today against a side that will be entering the AFLW competition, the Southern Saints, almost perhaps 
another mini audition? Yeah, it certainly would be. I think with you know with Perk obviously came out in that first year and and just really reads the ball well. She you know gets herself into positions where she get, you know really protects that drop zone in front of her. So once she gets it in her hand, she's pretty dangerous. I guess year two. Uh, the rest of the competition certainly, you know, she sort of got found out a bit because it wasn't this secret anymore. Uh, and they certainly set up their defensive line to make sure that that floater Perco wasn't around. So you could sort of see, you know, the game changing that actually then sort of caught up. And it really went to a game last year, I think, of really those really tall key forwards, mm. you know, six foot plus ones. And I, you know, certainly a cult. We had uh, Bree Moody down there. So I think the game changed significantly last year, which again changed how the forward structure works. And we were talking about the Crows that year, how they, leading us the grand final, they had, I think we identified six or seven different forward options. So it was a case of their strength compared to year one with year three was the variety of forwards of giving the defence a headache of who do you match up on? Yeah, and being with um, Adelaide, there's so many talented players there, so it's probably also a case of trying to fit a certain number of stars under the star cap. So, um, you know, I think the way... Perko's been playing the last few weeks. Is certainly um, she's put her hand up to be picked again, without a doubt. She's you know shown herself on against some really tough opposition and, and stood up. So um, I hope we see her again. And another cry, of course, we should mention Georgia Bevan uh, also on the Hawthorne list as well. All through the Perkins connection, who all uh, picked up the phone and said, "Hey, you want to come to Victoria for uh, winter?" Uh. Yeah, we certainly uh, had a look through earlier, and there's a fair bit of South Australia. Uh, theme in, in, in both these uh, footy teams and it certainly shows the depth of talent they've got there and with the only the one AFLW team it makes it really difficult for them to get to get a spot and being so successful as well so you know so it's um, yeah, great for great for South Australian footy um, and you know good for for those girls that at least can you know it's not a massive move um, to come over to Victoria you know particularly for the winter uh, and you know and try to get themselves back on AFLW list so I think you know it's it's amazing what's that but again you know there's still so many we spoke about obviously Georgia Bevan's out there but Jade Van Dyke's obviously mm. um, back at Hawks after her Carlton duties and you know I'm looking forward to seeing Jade play she was excellent the Blues in AFLW3 so keep an eye out for Jade Van Dyke. And might I just say, just a quick little footnote for the Adelaide Crows, um, isn't it frightening for the rest of the competition when you see comfortably running and training at the Michael Johnson Institute? You know, just a guy who's just won multiple gold medals at the Olympics, won Erin Phillips, and you almost cue the Jaws music of, uh-oh, <laughs> she's coming, there's a chance she could be back and ready to roll for Season 3. Yeah, I'm certainly kind of... Oh, season 4, pardon me. Yeah, there's certainly, I imagine every club would be looking... Not as, as concerned as I possibly was last year, but um, <laughs> of looking at those uh, Instagram posts and such of Erin and, and just the training that she's doing, and and certainly, yeah, I, I, listen, we you want to play footy, yeah. yeah. The competition needs superstars like that, and, and a fantastic, you know, role models and the way she goes about it, and, and certainly in her rehab and stuff. That's a whole other. I guess, type of mentoring that she's delivering that if you do the right, you know, you do the work and you're prepared to do the work. And, yeah, she's got, mm. you know, you know, she's got access to so much more than the most that are going through their rehab. But, you know, you don't need all the fancy things. You just need to be diligent at it. And Erin's, you know, she's just the consummate professional. It's, it'd be great to see her back in 2020. Yeah, I think, I think especially with women's footy, it doesn't matter who you support, you want to see Erin on the field. And, yeah. and those kind of players, they just make the game 
regardless of the result. But yeah, I look at it and I consider going to the gym and then I think, well, I, don't, I didn't do my ACR, I don't have to. But uh, I'm thinking too late. <laughs> too late for me. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, yeah, as I said, it's it's really inspiring. We need those people in the game and yeah. and yeah, I just, I think it'll be you know, great to have Aaron back. Let's have a look at the Southern Saints side, and this one really hurts the Hawks. That for, the, the first two captains of the Hawks, when they were Box Hill, they were, was under Mel Kies. When they were Hawthorne last year in the Premiership, they were under Emma Mackey. Uh, they're both playing for the Southern Saints today. There goes two of your leaders. And, and as we were talking to Patrick Hill uh, when we did last week, Hawthorne and Casey, saying that really hurts because not only is it, as he said, it's quality midfielders gone for the side, it's quality people that he's lost from the club. And, of course, obviously we're excited for Emma and Melissa as they continue their AFLW journey. Yeah, I thought Emma had a really solid season last year too. So, um, yeah, that's, it is a big loss. But if you look at their their list, yeah, they can cover it pretty well. And I think for the Saints, it's um, a huge benefit for them, for the young players coming through with somebody um, in that kind of a leadership experience to share with them. As we continue to look through the list, of course, uh, Alison Drennan, who uh, played last year at the Western Bulldogs, um, absolutely runs for miles and showed that run against uh, Essendon uh, last time we saw them. Courtney Munn as well. Um, Tara Bahana, who was their leading goal kicker for the Saints uh, last year in the side. Um, Picking up some of the former players, uh, uh, Tilly Lucas Rod, of course, former Carlton footballer, now playing at the Southern Saints. So technically back in familiar colours, being a former St Kilda Sharks footballer. Yeah, certainly. I spoke to Tilly. I've spoken to obviously a lot of the, the girls before the, before the match today, just catching up with them because obviously I've been away. And you know, it's so good to see you know Tilly, um, you know, get another opportunity um, at St Kilda. And, and you know, and as I said, she's played a lot of footy. You know, she is a good leader, and um, and you know, I'm just really pleased that she's got that opportunity um, again. And and similarly with. Um, you know, with Re, I guess Pete and I probably had that conversation with Carl when you Re was the captain of St Kilda, and that certainly um, we needed a sort of backup ruckman for AFLW three, and St Kilda wasn't in yet, so we sort of knew that Re would go back um, to a to her home colours, and, and again, Re's just a wonderful person, yeah. and um, you know, and going to great give um, fantastic service to St Kilda um, in that senior leadership role as well and having had that one year of experience at AFLW level uh, last year I think will certainly you know support St Kilda and Pete and the team going forward. As Pete said last year when we interviewed her uh, a game against the Western Bulldogs at the VU Western Spurs ground she says it was a bit of a tricky situation where she was making the players so good a year and a bit out from being in the AFLW, so there's the risk of them being poached by the AFLW clubs, going to those current clubs and then feeling at home there and not coming back to the Saints. But what seems to be been, seems to have been good is most of those players that did go have come back to the Saints for their inaugural year. Yeah, as I said, we certainly had that discussion at Carlton with Ree, um, making sure that they were comfortable and, and giving everyone, you know, opportunity. It gave us an opportunity because, uh, you know, we needed the extra tall and, and it gave her an opportunity to get into the AFLW system, you know, maybe 12 months um, before she, she could. So, yeah, so I think that that's good. And I, all's fair in love and war, but it's, it is nice to see those girls um, loyal and come back. And it also shows the program at St Kilda and, and what Pete's trying to do and, and the culture that they've set up um, that that players want to come back um, and be part of their inaugural team, and uh, you know, and it's so good to see them on the top end of this, you know, of the ladder of the V uh, VFLW because it is showing like. Yeah, you know, I suppose Hawthorne were trying to sort of you know prove a similar point last year, but Geelong in the in the previous sort of two years coming into the VFLW 
season. So it is important, this competition with those girls as they pick them up and build their list that they get that experience together. We'll talk about another former Carlton footballer who's now at the Saints and just a week and a half ago got upgraded to the AFLW list. That's Kate Shearlaw. She was originally recruited out of the Wimbledon Hawks in the AFL London Women's League. Prior to that, she played uh, basketball in South Australia. Played two seasons at Carlton. Um, she left just before your time, Nicole, there. Uh, it was fair to say that the two seasons that we saw her there, she was almost trying to be like a traditional hit-up forward. There probably wasn't much of a second or third effort from her that seems to have changed under Peter Searle. When we called the game against uh, St Kilda and also um, the VFL uh, video stream did that game, so you can see the highlights online, Peter Searle gave her the captaincy for the day, and it seems like she thrived in that atmosphere. Went to the ruck several times, pushed further up the ground, second and third efforts were excellent, resulted in three goals, turned the tide for the side, and they ended up winning after being some 20-odd points down against Essendon. It's amazing when you have some players that get delisted and that's it, they drop off and they're done or they're never the same player, and then you have others who all of a sudden just get given the right chance by the right person and they become even better footballers. Yeah, it was certainly, you know, like, like our AFL-M, you know, there are, there's sometimes the players do thrive in a, in a, just a change of um, environment, something new, and if you've been there, and it was, a, you know, those first two years at Carlton, uh, it's good with Kate because, of course, I wasn't part of her delisting, yeah, so we can yeah, 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 <laughs> talk yeah, yeah. about that. Clean your hands, don't nothing to do yeah, with yeah. So, um, you know, and it certainly, it certainly watched her, I think, Darabin, she played last year yeah, in the yeah, VFL, yeah. Um, just sort of out of interest. So she was probably a bit unlucky that those teams, it was a tough couple of years at the Blues, and, and I think... Um, and and Darabin may say a bit unlucky as well because you had Hannah Mouncey was coming out of the forward line as well. So they're both, um, you know, both trying to play a similar role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, I think Kate's got something to give, and, and Pete's got a pretty good eye for talent. So I back most of the <laughs> most of the things Pete's seeing, and again, it, it gives them some more AFLW experience um, in a team that's going to be quite a young side. And I know Pete would be certainly keen to nurture those youngsters into the game style that that she wants, and so that's really good. So as I said, the Ree Watson and Kate Shearlaws and such around that particular group is going to be really vital to their to their success in AFLW, but also that's going to be a really tough year for these girls coming in, knowing what to expect at AFLW level. And, you know, certainly my my time in the AFLW system, it's, it was quite shocked on how how much these girls have to deliver in terms of, you know, physically, mentally with their jobs, with training, with the travel, because, you know, unfortunately you don't get to just pick your local club down the road to go and, you know, train. I know how many, you know, how many of the girls are travelling huge distances to play, you know, to train, you know, two, three times a week plus, you know, captains runs and other things. So it's going to be vital for those, those more senior girls with AFLW experience in this in this um, list as well, because I also see uh, Kate McCarthy, so there's yes, a bit of a yeah. Brisbane yeah. feel there, and I think Kate's had a couple of good games um, down here. So, yeah, so there's certainly some, um, yeah, some real talent uh, in both these footy teams, so it should give us an absolute ripper today. Pete Searle should hopefully be joining us soon, but I see Paddy Hill coming across. It'll be interesting to ask for Pete's opinion now. Kate has settled in, because we found the game against Sessions was probably a little bit frustrated, because the game was uh, close and in tight, and we want to ask about the difference of football, because I think you would have seen, Nicole, in your time in Queensland, the Queensland style of footy is almost mimicking the WA style of footy, outside running, as opposed to the Victorian style, which is in close and tough. 
Yeah, it is. They're very different styles, and and that's the um, that's certainly what I've noticed, and what has sort of made me keen to stay up in Queensland and, and do some more coaching is that it is obviously again nice big fields generally that they play on, um, but it's just the sheer running power of they seem to just yeah run a lot more outside, get a lot more feed outside from behind the footy where it is. It's really congested ball um, at uh, in the VWFL. Oh, sorry showing my age now <laughs> VFLW um, yeah so you know what we you know, what you do when then you see those that mix of that at AFLW level with the con, yeah with the congested contested ball and then open so I think it's it's a nice style it seems in those maybe it's the warmer states Pete they like to run a bit more well well, why wouldn't you when you've got the open track and not the muddy grounds? Yeah, you can on the hard, hard ground. We now have a trifecta of coaches and Coach Kiwi, Coach Graves, to now Coach Hill joining us in the commentary position. He, of course, is the reigning premiership coach with the Hawthorne Hawks, and it's great to have him here on RSN Carnival too. Paddy, welcome and a cracking day for a football game. It is. I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting uh, rain and uh, thunderstorms and Armageddon and all that sort of stuff, but we're out at Sandy and it's beautiful and the sun's shining and I've got a smile on my face. I'd like to know your feedback from last week. You got away with the four points against Casey in a very tight game and very uh, interesting conditions. There was a bit of rain, then all of a sudden the wind stopped at one stage. Yeah, it was in the third quarter when we had it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, away, Paddy. It, yeah, no. it, it felt almost yeah. because of that wind change. You went from attacking in the first quarter to almost then survival mode in yeah. the fourth quarter. What was the outtake from that game? Oh, there's there's some stuff we didn't do very well in the fourth quarter, and you know the wind did get up, but, you know, we just need to be smarter than that. But, look, Casey's a, a very good side that we always struggle with. I think we, that's the first time we've actually beaten them. Uh, sorry, we beat them last year. We only just beat them. That's the most we've beaten them by. And um, they've got some very, very good players, and they've challenged some teams a lot this year. And um, I think they had a pretty good day against us last week and did a lot of things right. And, look, for three quarters, we did a lot of things right too, and we missed some really easy shots in front of goal. But, um, you know, this competition is so even now that, um, you know, looking at ladder position, it's not really a fair reflection on how teams are going. I'll ask you about Kirby Bentley, of course, the former Nicole Graves coached uh, superstar there. Uh, last week, we found that she really came into the game in the last quarter and a half. It seemed to be when the game was on the line, she started to have not only more influence, but pushed up the ground more. Yeah, yeah, she's um, you know, she's really smart with ball in hand, and she's certainly got some tricks. Um, you know, as, as I said to you last week, that she's still still getting that fitness back from from having a couple of years of uh, injury. So that we can't sort of we can't play her where we would like to or where she would like to at this stage. But um, you know, that up high at half back and letting her read the play and bring other people into it, she can be uh, quite damaging. Yeah, she's certainly yeah, she's certainly a, a, a rare talent, and um, and I'm, I'm so pleased that uh, the Hawks have uh, have taken her in and, yeah. and, and giving her that opportunity. Because you're exactly right, Patty. I think she's still got plenty to give, but she do, does have to just get that body right. And after yeah. a couple of reconstructions, you know, concurrently, and and certainly, you know, not a baby yeah. in her twenties anymore. So it's oh. it's really important that we give her time. And I think her, her certainly her leadership, I imagine, around yeah, the group. Yeah, she, she adds so much to the group. She's funny and she's warm and she's loving and. You know, she really invests in the program and she's not scared to speak up from day one in the club. She's she's always having something to say in reviews and it's always pretty positive. And another positive influence from Jordan Membry as well, of course, will be going to the Gold Coast Suns in 2020. Oh. A standout game from her. I love Jordan. 
I just love Jordan. <laughs> um, when, when we did the jumper presentation, I made sure I did her one because I just I find her such a amazing human being. Um, the way she goes about her footy now, all the players love her as well, and I thought she was our best player last week, and she really goes hard at every ball. She tackles to, to, to hurt, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but she really tackles strongly, and she's got a great set of hands, and you know I think if she's maybe 5% better a kick, then a, a lot of clubs would be looking at her. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Lakey up at the Suns would be very pleased to hear that uh, that synopsis of uh, of Jordan's game, and I know they've you know really rated her um, yeah. up there. So you know, so it's it's really uh, really positive. And again, you know, it's great stories for these girls to get opportunities, yeah. and the, you know the expanded competition certainly has allowed that, which is great. Yeah, and just just that you know people like her and Georgia Bevan who are flying themselves in and out weekly to to, to get this opportunity, and you know some really uh, listening out of Sanctum this week, and they're talking about you know the sacrifice and stuff that the, the the women go through and you know even at vfl level where it's it's even less money available to them they're, they're, they're hand in their own pocket to try and chase a dream and i find that extraordinary and i find that inspiring and amazing uh, and i should beg that question with memory and georgia bevan are, are they linked up with a local community club back home for their training during the week before well, joining you or? geordie's mainly down here i think yeah. georgia's doing some back uh yeah. doing her own stuff but look i mean once you get into this part of the season you don't need much training during yeah. the week anyway it's a bit of touch work and you know so um she, she's got a program for her geordie's more down here she's she flies back and then flies back early in the week and sort of trains with us now, as we mentioned last week on air, but um, she ended up having to pull out because of work commitments with Serena Gibbs yep. and the great game she had against Melbourne Uni. How important is she to your makeup in the fact that she can release McWilliams and Perkins to go further forward, as we saw in that game against Melbourne Uni? Yeah, well, she's such a tough matchup. She's, um, you know, she's as tall as any of those girls, but she runs as quick as any of our smalls, and she's really agile. I think she's up to maybe now 12 games of football ever, and, and when you watch her, you, you, you couldn't believe that. She just has a natural flair for the game. She she marks really strongly, and, and importantly, she I saw a kick one against Melbourne Uni. She kicked it from about forty to forty-five out, and did it on the bit. Like yeah. she had, she just leant into it, and it sailed through goalpost height. So she can really kick a footy, and, and I think in women's footy, anyone that can actually roost the ball distance is going to be really, really valuable going forward. How do you approach uh, today's game with the side? Do you mention the F word with finals? Do you mention the phrase? We win it. We got our ticket. Let's get the job done today. Um, yes and no. We, it's not. It's not about that. It's not about giving um, you know extrinsic motivation or anything like that. It's, today for us is about having fun and enjoying ourselves and you know just just enjoying each other's company. And you know we, we've got eight days left together potentially. Um, if we, if we play well and we make finals, well then so be it. We'll do that. If we don't, we're just going to enjoy our time together and. You can't sort of worry too much about those sorts of things. So um, we sort of, in one way, we've started our finals campaign now, we believe. Um, so we want to enjoy this like you enjoy a final. And I just find my girls play a lot better footy when they're up and about and they're having fun and they're singing and dancing in the rooms, which, you know, I, I did a rap against uh, against Melbourne Uni. I got, I got some NWA out and someone, someone put that on. So I just showed them how I could recite all the words. And um, not that that's great well, language or anything. Well, but well, Was um, this recorded at all? Can we find a copy? No, I mean, as a... As a coach, sometimes you've got to get out of your comfort zone a bit. And during the, the team meeting there, I just told a bit of a joke about how me and DC like to wrestle. And that's you know, because we like that body contact from other males. And the girls were laughing and having fun. And that's when they play good footy. I can't, you know, if I came here and said, look, if you win, you know, we we, um, we make finals. And if you lose, well, we've got to win next week. That would just stress them out way too much. And they're not going to play good footy. 
they'll tighten up. So my, my girls play good footy when they're just doing their thing and, 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 and having fun and, and, and loving each other. So that's what we'll do today. Yeah, Paddy, t- you hit nail on the head. And trust me, it isn't just your team. Yeah. Yeah, women's, that's where probably some of the differences Well, what, you've done a rap as well, have you, the goal? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, there's plenty of, enough of my players gangster it all up in the car on the way to the footy yeah. over in the West. Anyway, so, but, um, you know, the, the women are motivated differently. Yes, we want success and we want to win and, and you know, the best fun in the world is winning. But yeah, don't worry about absolutely. that. But um, to get to that point does take just a different build up, you know, and it, it shouldn't be so hectic. And it's, yes, we understand it's not necessarily sheep stations, but, you know, they're all, particularly in the VFLW system, they're all here. Coaches and staff ultimately are here to support these girls to on their pathway, on whatever their dream is. So yeah. whether that's to play just at, at state league level, but most of these girls would be certainly keen to be at AFLW yeah. level. So that's the role that we play as coaches, yeah. administrators and everything else at, at this level of the game is to make sure that we're there for them. So then it, it has to be about their enjoyment, not yeah. about who we are or what we're doing. So I think that's really, really I, important. I just find coaching women that they, they want so much to please you and they don't like to make a mistake. Like Coaching men, that half, half the guys don't care if they're doing what you say or not. They really don't. And um, girls want to please you. And when you, when you say you start getting upset with them because they haven't done something, they, they really take it to heart. They want to be loved, they want to be valued, they want to be cared for, but they want to please as well. And I've got to let them know that it's okay to make mistakes and it's, it's you know, we're going to come out here expecting to make some mistakes, have some fun, enjoy each other. And if we're up at the end of the day, we'll so be it. And if, if we're not, well, well, we'll cop that. Well, Paddy, thank you very much for joining us here on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. And we wish you and the Hawks all the very best today as you take on the Saints here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. All right, thanks very much. Thank yeah. you. That's Patrick Hill, the reigning VFLW Premiership coach, Hawthorne coach, and looking forward to taking them on against the Southern Saints today, fifth versus second, a big game. And always a pleasure having Paddy join us on the call uh, before they go out there and uh, do their stuff. And you can see Paddy's just got the right frame of mind, and that's why he's got a side that last year was in a very similar position, Kiwi. They were coming in late. They stuck into the finals. They had to. Um, they had a tough game against Darabin, which they lost uh, at uh, West Garth Oval. Then they turned it around, and then all of a sudden, they made that run, won the major semi-final, got through the grand final, beat Geelong, and claimed the premiership. Yeah, um, I think Jane had really good tactics against Hawthorne last year, and that's how he got the win. Um, Hawthorne play a really good style of football, but um, she just seemed to have um, really good knowledge of of the difference between her coaching and his coaching. And we sort of applied that with our team a little bit and got the win. Um, and then in the finals, when I saw them play against Collingwood, they just, I thought Hawthorne lifted to another level. And probably for Collingwood, the hardest thing was to recover when Chloe Malloy got injured so early yeah, in the yeah, game. game. Yeah, They didn't seem to have um, an answer to that. But the, the style that Hawthorne played through the finals and, you know, clearly won that grand final, they were well-deserved. It's, it's, it was just on another level. And I think this part of the season, they're starting to come into that form again. So it is exciting to see. And I think today's game is going to show that kind of um, style of football, the two two good quality coaches and, and what they're doing. And joining us now on the pre-game for RSN Carnival 2, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. She, of course, is the five-time premiership coach at the Darabin Falcons, current VFLW and AFLW coach at St Kilda. And according to a source of mine, bold some very loopy off-spinners for the Box Hill Cricket Club. <laughs> it's great to have Peter Sell. Peter, how are you? Is that accurate? Were they very loopy? Oh, I don't know if they were loopy, probably, but, you know, they got wickets, so that's all that matters. <laughs> According to uh, your former coach, he, he goes to me, she was a chucker, so I go, she bowled offies. Yes, that's correct. 
Who's my former coach? Hoggy. Hoggy? <laughs> Yeah, I know. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the claim anyway. Yeah. We saw him down at Box Hill yeah, last Hoggy week. Hoggy was good after hours in the, uh, in the, in the, in the club rooms. Thirteenth <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. always great value. Yeah. Peter, how does it feel to be coaching on a day like today? Not only is it a cracking day outside, but the possible carrot of taking top spot should you win today and doing some damage to the finals aspirations of the reigning premiers. Yeah, it was an interesting result yesterday, wasn't it, with uh, Essendon beating Collingwood? But, yeah, look, we haven't touched on it. Um, you know, we, we've just really reviewed our game from two weeks ago. We played Essendon and we're pretty poor, so the focus has just been about uh, what, you know, a few of the girls probably didn't quite get there with in terms of playing their role. So we just got back to basics and who we are and what we want to do, and, and that's what it's about today against a quality opposition few players to ask you about. First of all, of course, it's been a handful of games now for Kate McCarthy down here in Victoria. She prepares herself to play with the Saints in AFLW. Has she adjusted to the Victorian style of football? Yeah, so this is uh, game number three for her, and um, fortunately she was a bit crooked during the week, so um, I'm pretty glad she's out there today because I didn't think she was going to get there. But, uh, yeah, look, you know, Kate's a, a player that, you know, if you can get her in time and space will hurt the opposition. So, you know, this, this oval probably doesn't help her in that sense but um in terms of fitting in and uh look she's a real leader she's got a lot of knowledge about the game so um you know and she's a real positive uh, character so she's been great for for our club for our culture and um yeah we're just looking forward to you know trying to get the ball into her hands with a bit of space so she can do what she does good and run and hit the scoreboard um, how's it been going with uh, Kate Shearlaw? She was uh, with us at Darabin for a little while last year and provided a lot of mobility through our forward line. She's doing something similar with you guys? Yeah, I was uh, spewing about that last year. I actually rang her um, at the end of last year to try to get her Southern Saints the year before, but uh, she just wanted to go back to Darabin and enjoy her footy, so um, I think she did that. Um, so thank you for that. But, uh, yeah, look, Kate's really grown, I think, a lot um, in our program. Uh, look, you know, she, we always know that she's quite the capable athlete in terms of her run, but... You know, she's starting to get a few more nuances into her game about how to get get split, how to, so it's not all based around athletics, how to get separation off her opponent. She's actually been doing a little bit of work uh, with Dermot Brereton, so he's part of our men's program, so he's been working with our tools generally once a week. So, um, yeah, look, and, and then when the game needed somebody to stand up last week, that was her. And so, yeah, it's great to be able to finally reward her with a position in our AFLW side. Do you think that actually benefited her, that game against Essendon, when you put the captaincy on her shoulders to give her that responsibility that she would rise to the occasion with that? Yeah, that's an interesting question because we've gone with no captains this year. Um, something we're trialling. You know, if I if I were to draw a picture of, you know, a head and then a line down, another head and line down, then some heads underneath, and then on the other page just draw a heap of heads together with all these connectors, I'd go, which, which gender would suit which model? So, you know, it's pretty easily picked that... The one with all the heads on, with the ones on top leading down, is a male hierarchical system. So it fathoms me to why we chuck that in female sport. But um, so we're trying something different this year. Um, you know, we've got quite a lot of girls that are, are capable, and um, you know, the power with girls is the group and the connectors, not not one person up the top. So not really sure whether you know having the zero on Kate inspired her. Look, Kate's pretty pretty diligent, pretty determined, and, uh, you know, I think she'd play that way regardless. Well, it's interesting you mention that because you've actually picked up quite a bit of leadership skill throughout um, your, your signing period, and I point to Emma Mackey and Melissa yep. Kyes, who are both former captains with the Hawks. 
Yeah, it was interesting. We had the team meeting on uh, Thursday and Friday night and, you know, we read out the team. And I said, you know, Mal, former Hawthorne captain and... Uh, and then Emma Macca, former Hawthorne Premiership captain, and one of the, one of our rehab girls piped up and goes, cool, who are we getting next year? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, look, you know, we realise that we're going to need some leadership um, and, and some people who have been around footy for a bit as well. You know, um, most of our, our group is quite young, and obviously over the next couple of years when you go to the draft, it's going to be quite young as well. So, yeah, look, it was an area that we need. Um, so, yeah, we certainly targeted it. So, Pete, did you sort of, uh, going about, and you know, we've certainly had uh, private discussions, but certainly going about building this list and knowing that you were going to have a VFL t- team last year that was probably going to get pillaged at the end of the season via the draft, and we were talking earlier on on, uh, on air that it's it's so good to see those, yeah, a majority of those players um, have ca- coming back to St Kilda. So, I, you know, I think that that's part of how you have set up your culture and, and obviously your coaching style and that, that engagement. It's really interesting you talk about the... Um the hierarchical system with the captains. I always found it really weird why, you know, and people are obsessed with when are we going to do the vote? When's the captain going to get picked? And I'm like, they stress so much about that that they actually, you know, the leaders are already there. And even a captain on the field, you still need your captain, your defensive line, your midfield line. So you need leaders everywhere. So it'd be really interesting to track, um, you know, certainly what's going to go on there. But, yeah, so with your list build, did you look at the senior players first with, you know, the quality characters you wanted to get into the club and then so that they were there for the kids? Is, was How did you go about that? Yeah, there was a couple of criteria. Um, one was around the person. You know, you, ha- you had to be a pretty good person to, to, to come into our club. Um, you know, we know that you know, it, it's going to be hard for the next probably year or two until we really start to build and get some, some class through the draft. Um so it was really important that we get the culture piece right. So, you know, your character had to be quite impeccable. The other one is that I really wanted people that wanted to play for St Kilda, really wanted to wear the jumper, not for what we could give them, but what they, for what they could do for us and give us. So they were the first two criteria about, you know, whether what type of person that, that we wanted within our club. And, um, look, yeah, getting the people back um, was a testament, I guess, to to what they created in the first year as a group and we we're, were happy to have people back because um, it was important for, for our culture piece. Um, we got probably hurt by the AFL because of that, you know, in terms of draft picks getting down the line. So, you know, that was a bit of a shame. But, um, yeah, look, we're, we're, we're a state people wanted to come back and play for us and, um, you know, that's how you, that's how you build success is, is people wanting to come to your club, not you trying to go out there and find people to come for your club. So it's about... Having people want to come to your club and retaining the people you got there, and then eventually success will build. I want to just ask you about two players. Uh, one coming back from injury after she, I think, it was an ankle through the middle of the year. Frankie Hocking, how she recovered yeah. from that? Yeah, look, uh, originally she was assessed for about twelve weeks, so she's done a really good job to get back up and play. Um, she played against Casey and was, you know, first game back and was, you know, she had a pretty good game, and so did the rest of the group. Uh, she actually hasn't been named today. Um, you know, I think defensively uh, we, we were pretty poor against Essendon, which is probably actually our poorest result in terms of our um, in terms of goals scored against us. And yeah, so um, we're just trying to create a bit more stability. And uh, but look, you know, for Frankie to be able to get back um, and put our hand up for selection has been, you know, just you know, it just goes to speak volumes about her determination. And finally, uh, can you tell us about your 23rd player today, and Isabella Shannon? Yeah, here she is just marking the ball there. Oh, 
Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of it before the yeah, game yeah, starts. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Late change. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm wrapped with uh, Isabella and the way she's, you know, we first had a bit of a look at her last year, obviously Stingray's girls, so we get to have a look at the Stingray's girls. Um, as always, you know, had the right physical attributes to be able to potentially play at the next level. Um, we know 16 aside, we know bigger grounds. Like you've got to be able to be, you know, athletic, uh, and she's certainly that. And um, no issues with what I just saw there, Pete. So I think you're right. Yeah, and just um, watching her at nationals, uh, I just like I was really pleased in just the way she attacked. Like she's only just gone back into defence this year, so she's learning a lot. She's got a lot to learn as as we all do, but. Um, yeah, just uh, and and again, she was really good against Casey as well. So against a quality opposition. So look, she'll just grow and grow and grow. She'll make mistakes, we'll wear them. But as you know, most of my team will all make mistakes and we'll wear them. It's about where we think you can get to, and you know, we've got we think that she could go pretty far and be pretty important for us in the next couple of years. Well, Peter, thank you very much for spending your time and joining us here on RSN Carnival Two and WARFRadio.com. We wish you all the very best you take on the Hawks today here at Sandringham. All right, thank you. That is Peter Searle joining us, the five-time Darabin Premiership coach, uh, former assistant coach at the Western Jets, two years at uh, the Port Melbourne Football Club, and of course now the St Kilda VFLW and AFLW head coach, and uh, looking very calm coming into what is a very important game. Yeah, Pete doesn't get. Pete and I played footy together for fifteen years, so. She doesn't get too rattled about uh, about anything unless you steal her beer after the game. Then she might get a bit more cranky. So she's a really calm coach. She's yeah, she goes about her business. She knows the game so well. She's got a massive footy IQ. She's a, a great coach and has learnt off you know being mentored by some some you know absolute star coaches. So she certainly did her her apprenticeship. You know we talk about the five premierships at Darabin, but you know it took a little while to get to those five premierships in a row yeah. at Darabin and and um, you know and Pete uh, uh, you know then went out of that system into a VFL system, um, into, you know, into the TAC Cup, I guess, environment and stuff. So, you know, people sort of, you know, say it was all that. But she, her journey has been um, one that has given her such depth in her coaching um, and some real credibility in terms of, you know, where she's coached and how she's gone about it. Um, so, yeah, so she'll have these girls. I The reason, you know, we looked at a heap of the St Kilda girls at Carlton last year just by the way that she'd structured up their VFLW side was so much, even though they weren't as successful as they've been this year, you could see what she was trying to do and the way she structured it all up. So, you know, it was, it's vital. Well, the one thing that we talked about earlier in the year when we covered the Saints game down at Frankston uh, is we mentioned how, about how there were three or four similar forwards, there were three or four similar-sized uh, defenders, and we're saying it, it seems very much a model of one soldier down, another soldier can fill in. One soldier down, another soldier can fill in. It's not a side necessarily based on superstars, just very good footballers that if one drops down, there's another of roughly equal level that can cover the role. And that's exactly how Pete played her footy too. You know, yeah. she was a she was a great footballer. You know. All, you know, all Australian, um, you know, state senior footballer and stuff like that. But she just went about her business, her second and third efforts. You know, it was never flair. It was never all the speckies, all the other stuff. She was that sort of that winger and just just played her role and just worked so hard as a, a footballer. And it, and she'd be the one doing the extras at training. You know, she'd be the one, you know, gets to the end of the queue. She'd be back up the front straight away. You know, she'd be the one backing it up. She just didn't stop. And, you know, so, you know, that's the way that she played and trained. And so there's no 
doubt that that's her expectation of how she coaches and these girls would be similar. Although I do recall when I interviewed her a couple of years ago and we were talking about the 25th anniversary of the Darabin Falcons, I asked, <laughs> what's she like as a footballer? She goes, oh, I was a bit of a rat bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. We certainly, we both played actually in that 25-year Darabin game too and it was like, wow, how easy is this game now? <laughs> now that we actually know what we're doing. Um, unfortunately, the bodies don't necessarily yeah. move as like they used to back in those days. But yeah, so it's a, it's a long history Pete's had in the game, you know, to, to get where she is. And it's so pleasing that, uh, you know, we get a female coach back in the AFLW system and one of this particular calibre. And I don't think anyone can can question uh, Pete's ability um, as a coach uh, at this in this system. Could you imagine if she takes the Saints into AFLW 2020 and wins it first year? Oh, there's a bit of a theme going, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> <Can> we? <laughs> she did well playing for Beck Goddard, but yeah, if she, if she did win it first year, I think people would be going, well, "What the hell have been? What the hell have been waiting for for Pete Searle? You know, why hasn't she been in earlier?" Yeah. And I think Pete was really keen to, you know, she's, there's no doubt Pete was really keen to, to stay in the men's system as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should have sort of um, asked what her role is now because I know yeah. she's still sort of working with the development squad and the education side of um, the, the guys last time we sort of spoke um, at St Kilda. So it'd be interesting to see what her role looks like now with the women's uh, and everything that that's going to entail as well. And possibly the first coach that we've spoken to throughout the year that's addressed about the leadership structure saying that she doesn't believe in having having an old-fashioned captain where many of the coaches come through a bit more old school will say, look, I like a captain or I like to give the captaincy to this player today. I like to put the right responsibility. And for her, it's like, no, no, I, I don't see that structure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting on AFLW launch next year, isn't it? It'll be like, what's that? Oh, there seems to be a team missing. Yeah. Oh, there's, uh, oh, there's 30 of them up there <laughs> yeah, on the stage. Yeah, no, and, yeah, yeah. yeah and, uh, and the you know, 11 other, what is it, 13 other captains and St Kilda. But as I said, I think it's, you know, and this is the innovation, and both these coaches have got, you know, fantastic innovation in terms of uh, how they engage the language around their club and in their inclusivity uh, around their around their clubs and, and certainly that culture. So it's, it's really, um, yeah, it's, and coaches drive that. You know, clubs can drive it. You say your players drive the culture, but at the end of the day, the coach is the one that has to lead that culture and, and you know, and reiterate it along with their staff as well. So, yeah, I think um, it's going to be really interesting. I'd love to see it, you know, do and talk more about that in AFLW system because I don't not disagree. I think that it's got real, uh, real value to it, certainly through my experience at, at, uh, in women's footy at all those different levels as well, is the captaincy is really always an interesting thing and very frustrating. So many blues at Swan Districts about when we we're going to do the, you know, the captain's vote, which was hard, yeah, which wasn't too tricky when Cara Donnellan and Chelsea Randall were at the footy club, but yeah. Well, it was a question I actually raised with Debbie Lee when we were doing a, a, a practice game, the Western Bulldogs versus uh, Colling- Collingwood, yes, out at uh, Ballarat earlier this year. And when I talked about the captaincy role, I go... You know, is the captaincy role actually a bit redundant when it comes to Aussie rules football compared to other sports? And, for example, I compared it to cricket. If you're a captain in cricket, no, do you obviously do the toss of the coin, decide if you're batting or bowling, you're, you're almost the coach. You're out there on the ground. You're directing the players. You're deciding what the batting order is going to be. You're deciding what the bowling order is going to be. You're in charge. But when you're a captain in football, besides being the voice out there, maybe pointing one or two players, but other players can do that as well to move to positions... 
all the structural changes and everything else besides the toss of the coin, that's the coach. Yeah, and you will see at different times. Obviously, the you know, teams come in now, you've, they're in their line groups, so there's sort of a voice in each yeah. of those lines, as we yeah. spoke about in the, those players, and players will naturally sort of rise to the top and saying that. And then they, you know, and then the coach speaks, so the assistant coach speaks, then they come in, the coach yeah. speaks. So ultimately, you know, there's only a few words, pre-game, post-game, or whatever it might be. Um, but you'll quite often see other players addressing teams, both in men's and women's footy, um, because it's just it's, sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's a different message. Sometimes you'll have a leader that that is physically doing is is chosen because what they physically do out on the footy field versus how verbally out there they are. So there's certainly different leadership styles, and sometimes captains aren't necessarily the you know the most vocal ones. So you might have a almost a spokesperson uh, in that situation. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Pete takes it right through AFLW and how it all rolls. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here on RSN Carnival 2, WAAFradio.com and the VFL app. We're not too far away from our 12 o'clock bounce down. It's the Southern Saints versus Hawthorne in round 15 of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition. Pre-game for leaguetees.com.au. In the run to the finals, by the numbers is exclusive footy insight. Join AFLW Coach of the Year, Daniel Harford. No politics, no agendas, just footy by the numbers. Diving right into the stats and trends, giving you the best footy analysis ever. 300 plus gamer, Brendan Goddard. Their weaknesses, the way they lose is kind of the same way every time. And champion data's Daniel Hoy. There really isn't a weakness at the moment with Brendan if this trend continues. We're putting out a new by the numbers every Thursday on the podcast page at the website rsn.net.au. As well as iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and all of your regular podcast places. Even hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Lisa from the Veronica Cares for Rad. Recording artists, actors, and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do, and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. When it's time to grow your small business, a loan from OnDeck can get you on your way. OnDeck Group are the small business loan specialists with over 10 billion US dollars already lent to 80,000 small businesses globally. OnDeck say yes to small business. The application can be completed in minutes, approved in hours, and you could have the funds in your account as early as the next business day. So if it's time to grow your small business, apply now at ondeck.com.au. All loans are subject to lender approval. 69. The number of cancer-causing chemicals in tobacco smoke. 16. The number of places in your body that smoking causes cancer, including the bladder, bowel, liver, and pancreas. 1 in 5. The number of all cancers caused by smoking. 1. The number of clear ways you have to reduce your risk if you're a smoker. Call Quitline 137848 or go to quit.org. Your club, Craigie Burn Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Burn's best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burn Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au. 
I'm Professor Michelle Simmons, and what I do as a scientist will likely change your life. I'm building new types of computers out of atoms called quantum computers, and we hope these will create new materials, new medicines, and process huge bundles of data in an instant to help us understand more about the world around us. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. National Science Week is a chance to discover the life-changing science happening all around you. Find an event near you at scienceweek.net.au. If you've had something stolen... Or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something or found something valuable... Or if you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police, but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131444. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. The 30-Minute Trots Report. One out, one back. All the industry news from around Victoria and the people who make this sport happen. RSN 927 joins Harness Racing Victoria for One Out, One Back. Thursday mornings at 10 and then on podcast. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au. LeagueTees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, the unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. LeagueTees.com.au Or SN Carnival 2. It's women's Send Carnival 2 Digital Radio via WARFradio.com and the VFL app. This is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. The Southern Saints versus Hawthorne. A couple of minutes away from our 12 o'clock bounce down. And Tamara Luke has won the toss for the Hawks. She'll be kicking Kiwi with a very strong breeze towards the Sortner goal end, otherwise known as the southern end of the ground. Yeah, the breeze also looks a little bit across the field too, but um, I'm sure, you know, if they feed it out this side of that centre square, they can make use of that wind coming into the goal for sure. Well, let's see how they go because they've got the tall targets. They've got Serena Gibbs in the side. They've also got uh, Sarah Perkins, Phoebe McWilliams. They've got players you can take a grab if you can put it on their head. And you see Frankie Hockey just in front of you. Oh, you excited? No, oh. Frankie's come up in the crowd. That means she didn't pass her physical enough. Um, Really gutted for her. She looked good in the warm-up, and um, I saw her doing some extra physical stuff, and we talked earlier this morning, and she said that that's where her ankle was just letting her down, was just the physical stuff. She wasn't, you know, completely 100% with the physical stuff. The running and change direction, all that, she was fine with. It was just the contact. Um, She was finding that the ankle was still slipping in and out because she's um, lost the ligaments that hold it in place, so... Uh, really sad for her because you know she's she's taken the big jump. She's moved to Melbourne to um, you know put a hand up to be drafted. And, and for the games that we saw before the ankle, she was playing very well in defence. Yeah, and you know I was really excited for her. And she used to play semi-professional soccer back in England, and um, she was just thriving on this professional type setup that we had for the VFL. And 
um, and you know just rowing through it and you know having a coach like Pete giving her so much you know extra knowledge and you know growth of the game it was just exciting time so yeah I'm really sad to see her come and sit up in the grandstand she's not far from us so um, I'll flick a tissue down to her soon but yeah just sad to see her up here and I know she'll be feeling pretty shattered right now. Let's get some tips before the game starts. Kiwi, who will win and by how much? Oh, I think um, it's going to be a very close game, but I think um, Saints probably have a little bit of the advantage knowing this win a little bit better than Hawthorne. So um, I'm going to go Saints by just a goal. Nicole Gray, who so will win and by how much? Oh, listen, I'm probably Saints as well, and I reckon Saints by, by 10 points. I'll mix it up and I'll go Hawthorne in a thriller by four points. I just got a feeling again with Gibbs and Perkins and McWilliams, the ability to put on the head of players with this breeze might be just enough and we could be seeing a high scoring contest. Umpire just making sure that everyone is in position and everyone's in the 6-6-6 rule. Holds the football aloft and we are underway here at Trevor Parker Beach Oval in Sandringham. The Saints and the Hawks round 15 as the umpire throws the ball high in the air. Kelly goes up against Watton. Kelly wins it. Got out the back door trying to come past Emma Mackey. Went without the football. Hurried hand pass out of the pack. Ended up finding Johnson. Johnson quickly put it on the boot. Towards centre half forward. Quick chain of handballs to find McCarthy. McCarthy then got it across to Bahana. Bahana long towards the pocket looking for Sheila. One on one tussle. Hit the ball to ground. Wants to go back in for a second crack at it. Still running around. Got on the right boot, it was Drennan and Rather, who went towards the top of the goal square, but there was plenty of Hawks back there, Beeson had it momentarily, dropped it under pressure from McCarthy, who did well, harassed it close towards the boundary line, Hawks still with the football, putting it ahead is Alison Brown, ball refuses to go out, Pereira's lurking nearby, in comes McCarthy for a red hot crack, and the umpire circling, blows the whistle now and calls for a ball up, Kate McCarthy in with a few possessions early. Yeah, she certainly got around there quickly. It was, yeah, it was good to see a, a couple of redheads down the forward line there. Pete might give us a bit of trouble from the far end there uh, today. But, yeah, so it's still a little bit, as we expect, a bit squashed up. But they'll, they'll, it'll open up. Redheads are always trouble. As the ball is now moved in towards the middle of the ground, trying to find uh, Sheila, got knocked away from her. Ball in the pack situation. Hurriedly squeezed out as Sheila went for a second crack at it. Now coming through Bahana. Bahana had it momentarily, trying to help her out Brown. And the umpire says it's going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up and we'll reset play. We're 25 metres out from the Saints goal. They're going towards the northern end or city end of the ground. Thrown up in the air. Knocked down. Saints try to work it back to go forwards. The hurry kick off the pack there. It's by the 18 in Vesely. Top of the goal square. Everyone's going to jump on top of the footy. No one's going to get it out. Trying to get in there was Nixon. She can't extract the ball. Half a dozen jump on it. We'll call for a ball up. Early impressions, Coach Kiwi? Yeah, I think um, the numbers around the ball right now is probably uh, stopping anything coming out very clean. Um, But, yeah, it looks like Kiss... St Kilda willing to just put on the boot as quick as they can and keep moving it forward. McCarthy backs back and takes the mark after the hurry kick out of the pack. And the former Brisbane Lion, now St Kilda AFLW footballer, playing for the Southern Saints here in the VFLW. Kate McCarthy, or she likes to say, Kath with a K, will be lining up on a slight angle, kicking from 25 to 30 metres out from goal, kicking into the breeze. Going to the trees in the background, it's growing from left to right. Starts out the left goal post and judges it perfectly. (laughs) 
Got to love the wind sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Although, that was, that although it was going out one way, literally uh, did almost a right angle turn and straight in the end almost went on the other side of the goal. So great work. And obviously, yeah, Kate, as you mentioned, Pete, a couple of early possessions and really getting around. You can see that St Kilda have set up behind the ball really nicely to sort of hold it into that forward line. And I don't know if it was a Hawthorne quick kick out, but I tell you what, Paddy Hill wouldn't be real excited when you're uh, kicking it straight back into the into the corridor. But, um, yeah, so one of those things. And, as I said, they're going to make mistakes. I, th- I think Kate is going to really feature today. Her type of, you know, the way she gets around, really small player, fast at the at the fall of the, feet, the ball when it falls down from the tall. So, you know, I think she'll be influential today. Kelly wins out in the ruck contest again, tries to go and chase up her own football. Rosie Dillon wanted to jump in there for the Hawks, squeezes out the hand pass. They go backwards to go forwards. Now on the right boot, going out towards the half-forward flank position, chasing after the football. Bevan close towards the boundary line. Oh, picked off here by the Saints. They'll just run around in the circle, give up the hand pass. Carlson now going very wide up the beach road side of the ground, close towards the boundary line. One bouncing over in front of Brown. Now is that last disposal rule? Yes, it is. Free kick to the Hawks. They have the football just forward of centre wing. They go short with the pass, looking for Hutchins. Dropped it cold, under pressure from McCarthy. McCarthy now throwing back the hands, looking for the Academy Award performance. Umpire not buying into it. Coming in there is Stewart to try and hold it up. And we'll call for a ball up. Ali McDonald jumping in again for the Hawks. Yeah, and certainly that breeze is, yeah, it's going at certainly Hawks' end, but really across the ground too, Pete. So I think there's going to be a fair bit of ball on that far side. Hutchins takes it straight out of the pack from the ball in, goes long towards the forward line, over the head there of Tamara Luke. It sits awkwardly here for Tilly Lucas Rod, who manages to collect it, then goes backwards about 20 metres with a kick towards the pocket. Stopping and proppy there as Darcy Guthridge goes up. The ball holds in the breeze. In comes Dylan, who does the spoiling work. Hutchins wants to try and get there. McCarthy's leading her to the football first. That's going to be a hell of a battle today. Kai's in there, the former... Box Hill Hawks captain gets immediately wrapped up by Jordan Membry. The ball squeezed out though to Tilly Lucas Rod, who quickly got it uh, in fact, pardon me, if it was Guthridge or other, who got it towards the centre half back position. Now here's the switch because this is Tilly Lucas Rod who's running out towards the half back flank. Coming at her though is Chantella Pereira who's worked her way up the ground. Coughed up the hand pass straight away to Molly McDonald. McDonald gets over the top towards Sheilor, running back with the fire of the football. Dropped it under pressure from Courtney Munn, uh, pardon me, from uh, Ebony Nixon. Got it out towards the half forward flank. Saints now move it forward with a long kick, trying to chase after it. Caitlin Greiser, second to the contest. Steph Carroll in front position, immediately brought to ground. And the umpire says that's in the back. And that'll be a free kick going the way of the Hawks. They have it half-back flank in front of the social room here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. Now, this is interesting. The player, I thought, dropped it or juggled it. The umpire said it didn't come back to the player directly or an encroachment in the five-metre area, so 50-metre penalty. Yeah, it was interesting. The player went to kick it and actually just dropped out of her hand at an Astro-Con. Just reminded me of that game. She's done an Astro, but she got yeah. a 50 for it. Yeah, exactly. So, But she didn't move off her line. So, she, yes, she misplaced the ball, but she didn't move off her line. So I think they actually called the 50 for the player going over the mark. The encroach. Mm. They looked for O'Neill up the line. She dropped it, and Kai's jumped on it, and everyone jumped on her, so they called for a ball up. Jemima Kelly versus Lou Watton. Kelly went with the backhander with the left. Ball hit the ground. Guttridge came through. Went the hand pass over the top. Now getting it off the bounce is Courtney Jones. Put it on the right boot. Out towards the wing position. Only to be intercepted, and Hawks will send it back from whence it came. Broadcast side. They're going long in the Mick Williams direction. He flew from behind. He couldn't quite bring it in. Had to spoil the player in front on that occasion, which was Carlson. And Carlson goes back in for a second crack at it. Ball's on the deck. And the umpire will call for a ball up. Evan giving the ball back to the umpire. Impressions from Coach Kiwi. 
Yeah, it was uh, good to see McWilliams fly so early, but um, I, don't, I just don't think that they're going to feature terribly well with this wind. It's just swirling the ball quite a lot. Lou Watton tapped it down. Running through here is Guttridge. It got on the left boot. Awkwardly kicks it in towards the centre of the ground. Standing tall and taking the mark. Bahanna, who beat out two. Elected to play on. Bahanna on the left boot. Works it well. Finds Greiser, who pushed up the ground. Greiser forward of centre wing. Pulls the kick. Was trying to look for Sheila. Bounce. She's going left and right. She's spinning around. Hand passes back to Greiser. Greiser got on the right boot. Went to the dangerous hotspot. 40 metres out from goal. Trying to find McCarthy. Kicked the ball in front of herself. Cleaned up here by Membry. Goes back with a hand pass. Trying to find Carroll. Carroll worked it sideways to Hutchins. Hutchins with a hand pass over the top to Dylan. Dylan spins around in a circle. Comes back in board. Finds Pereira. Quickly put it on the left boot while falling over. Worked out fortunately. Hawks mark. Half forward flank. Beach Road side of the ground. They get on the left. Nasty hook on the kick. Trying to get front posse there. Jordan Membry bumped off the football. Cleaned up though. Here's a long kick. Uh One bounce. Is it going to go through? It won't. It goes to the right. And a minor score for the Hawks. They go to one behind. The Southern States, one straight six. Here's Nicole Graves. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know whether it's um, whether it's part of the coaching plan, but ironically, yeah, the Hawks literally come out of defence on the same side of the ground, on the on the far side uh, from here, so the Nepean Highway side, I guess it is, and Saints deliver the opposite way along the beach side. So whether they're just, you know, different systems in terms of the wind use. Um, so yeah, so it's been really interesting. It's really been, you know, the whole width of the ground. And getting the ball back here, Kelly Thompson, who originally kicked it out, went back to her. Everyone jumped on her, and they call for a ball up 25 metres out from the Hawks' goal. We reset. Kelly versus Perkins. Kelly brought it to ground. Perkins goes in to lay the tackle immediately. Ball squeezed out. Hurry kick off the side, and the boot is through. Phoebe McWilliams. How good's that from PMAC, Coach Kiwi? Yeah, look, um, that Kelly Thompson, I think she's playing in a fullback role, and that's the interesting thing. It looks like they've marked her up on Tamara Luke. Now, Tamara Luke pushed out to the outside of the 50 which meant Kelly Thompson followed her out and left the square open and that's perhaps you know too much space for um, any of those other Hawthorne forwards putting the ball through yeah, it was a great kick. It was an interesting kick. The old inside-outside check side punt from the far side. That literally only was two or three feet off the ground. So anyone in that square would have actually been able to stop it. Yeah. And, and you'd be thinking on a day like today with that strong breeze, it's almost you need someone in the quote-unquote goalkeeper-type role. You're told regardless what your player does, you're not leaving the goal line today particularly when the ball is coming down towards that yeah, sort of the so goal end. Yeah, it's Pete, you're right. Yeah. Uh, it's now taking away with it. There is Drenny to try to go for the hand pass. Bounced off a few players. Coming through Molly McDonald. McDonald, her uh, pass was cut off. Ball hit the ground. Kais is looking for support if they can get it out to her. Our little dribbling kick. Want to get in there, Samantha Johnson. Umpire's blown the whistle from afar. That's the umpire off the ball and said that was one too high. And it's going to Drennan. Alison Drennan with the footy. She's just forward of centre, kicking into the breeze, going towards the city end of the ground. Her side down by one point. Nine and a half minutes gone in the opening term. Gets on the right boot, goes towards the half-forward flank, standing tall, the baby giraffe herself. It is Kate Sheelaw. Sheelaw now working it wide to the pocket. Works out okay, finds Vesely. The two players who were just recently upgraded to the AFLW list. Vesely thinks to go back to have a crack. She'll be having a kick from 45 out if she does. Up against the boundary. 45 out. Let's it ride on the breeze. Went across the face only for an easy mark to be taken. And I think getting back there was... Might have been O'Donnell who has it. He now goes towards the back pocket. Hawks just trying to... Work their way diligently up the ground with a bit of sideways kicking. 
now towards the beach road side in front of the jumping castle. The ball is bouncing away, but due to the last disposal rule, that means that's a free kick. Yeah, we may see a little bit of that, uh, as I said, and weirdly enough, it did exactly what I said. It came out the beach side, and uh, now Hawks trying to get it down the uh, the uh, opposite side, so, which is, again, it's tough because it's into the wind, so the wind's going to carry it, but also going to carry it over that boundary line. Going for a run here with the footy is Kelly O'Neill. Kicks it into heavy traffic, 65 out from the Saints' goal. In goes Perkins to try and dispossess. Umpires pinned for a throw of the football. Free kick going the way of the Hawks. And just to confuse commentators, we have a beach side of the ground and also a beach road side of the ground. <sighs> beach road. Change the names. Is the kick up the line in front of the scoreboard here. Bit awkward for Easton to try and get onto. Now goes very, very close and the wind takes it away and it goes over the boundary line and out of bounds on the full. So 117 the Hawks, the Saints one straight six, 11 and a half minutes gone here in this opening term as we wait for the kick to come back into play from Johnson big fly came off hands, Drennan want to get in there hurried a little hand pass out trying to come through there was Callie for the Hawks got bowled over, she tried to get her kick away also jumping in there as well as McClellan, the 23rd player of the Hawks hurried, sky high kick Try to claim it. The umpire said that didn't go 15. You've got to play on. Hack kick out of there by Vesely. Going inside 50. Strong grab. Not paid. And the umpire says no. It was touching the contest. And on the bottom of the deck there and handing it back to the umpire is Hannah Stewart. So we'll reset play again. 45 metres out from the Saints goal. In goes Beeson. Immediately wrapped up. She's going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up. Thoughts from Coach Kiwi? Yeah, I think um, you can kind of tell already that wind's having quite a factor in the game. It's stuck on that side of the field for a while now. As right in front of the ice cream van, play continues on. Trying to jump in there is Johnson. And we'll call for another ball up. And it seems as well, Gravesy, that uh, the speed's gone out of the game from an opening frenetic uh, first five to ten minutes. Yeah, certainly, um, and just a lot more contested ball. It was really flowing in the first five minutes. Um, but, yeah, it just seems that. And they're sort of setting up. You can see St Kilda's got that structure around the footy that's just blocking that whole, you know, sort of sort of encouraging that kick back down the line for the Hawks or giving them that that's the only option, whereas they're using their 45s really nicely. Rhiannon Watt has the footy. She is about 52 metres out from goal. Decides to go long towards the hotspot. McCarthy was second to the football. Pereira got front posse but dropped it. Pereira got immediately caught by McCarthy. Ball sped out from her. Hurry kick away by Radden. It goes towards the uh, 50 metre arc. Bounced around. A few players try to clean each other up on the way through. Hurried hack kicking towards the centre of the ground. Bowled over a couple. Trying to work her way through there. Bahana got the hand pass. Was working sideways. Towards the centre wing position. Comes in. Lays a Beautiful tackle. Umpire says play on it. Spilled out fairly. Heavy congestion around the football. At least a dozen players. Membry wants to go in there and see if she can get the football out. She can't. And the umpire says we'll call for a ball up. Last person with hands on the footy. Darcy Guttridge. So 14 minutes gone in this opening term. Hawthorne lead by a point. Ball blows about in the breeze. Rhiannon Watt knocked it sideways. Hawthorne player caught holding the football here. The umpire says that'll be a free kick. Bevan it was that was caught and Samantha Johnson ends up with it so Johnson on the beach road side of the ground scoreboard side 
Right boot kick, long towards the half-forward flank position. Spoiled from behind by Sheilor. Put it to the advantage of Fiona Stewart. Her kick is long, but it only found Pereira. Pereira for the Hawks. Goes for a bit of a run. Launches the hand pass away. Radden had to stop prop, go back again. Kicks it towards the beach road side of the ground. Went through the hands there of Watton. Got out the back door. Hurry kick there by Steph Carroll. As a player to run onto it and take it as O'Donnell, who now goes towards the one-on-one inside 50. One bounce close towards the boundary line. It holds up and it goes between the little stick and the big stick. And that means that's one point. It certainly <laughs> does. It's crazy, this game, yeah. isn't it? Uh, yeah, listen, again, it's, they're just peppering away. And, and ultimately, with this win, you'd think we'll certainly find out in the next quarter. But Hawks really need to probably get you know, an extra couple of goals this end to make sure that they really you know, use the value of that win. The dodgy kick out there from Neves having to use the agency of Tilly Lucas Rod, whose kick is either marked or out of bounds on the full. Either way, it will be a free kick to the Hawks. They have it 65 metres out from goal. It floats in the breeze. Kelly reads it very well. Jemima Kelly with a good grab. 45 out from defensive goal. Goes for a spearing low kick. Works out okay. Grisa worked her way up the ground. Caitlin Grisa, former Melbourne University footballer. Very close towards the boundary line. Kate Sheelaw runs after it, and the ball has gone out, and it will be last disposal rule. Talia Radden has the resulting free kick. She is forward of centre wing. Four minutes to play to the quarter-time siren. Looking for Tamara Luke. Leads out, takes a mark, fell into the hole beautifully. Tamara Luke swings around on the right boot. Perkins had one bite of it, couldn't quite bring it in. Ball spilled out, though, taken by Carlson. Carlson's kick straight back down the throat of Tamara Luke. The Hawks' captain goes for a bit of a run. 60 metres out from goal. Let's it ride on the breeze. Oh, juggling the football there. Kelly O'Neill, she's under pressure. Here comes Membry, got rid of the hand pass to Tilly Lucas Rod, who hand passed to no one in particular. Carlson picked it up, got across to Gutridge. Gutridge to Tilly Lucas Rod. Lucas Rod now pulls the kick. Taking the mark here is Isabel Shannon. Shannon pulls the kick. It was dangerous, but it worked out okay. Finding Molly McDonald. McDonald got on the left boot, went towards the center wing position. Too much juice on the kick. Intercept mark here for the Hawks. Was trying to find Brown, but just got away from her. Hurry kick towards the center half forward position. Awkward bounce. Gets past a couple. Trying to clean up the mess here was Kelly Thompson coming through to lay the tackle like a bullet was Claire O'Donnell. Ball squeezed out. But the umpire says it's going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up. Match analyst, Coach Kiwi. Yeah, that tour, um, long kick in was from Almac, one of the Eastern Rangers youngsters. Looked like she was kicking down to her former teammate, um, Serena Gibbs. But yeah, Hawthorne need to put somebody out the back because the ball was just travelling beyond the targets and uh, no one's there to clean it up for them. Talking about being cleaned up, this Hawthorne player right in front of us just did cop and one nice and high. And I think this year will be the number 14, Olivia Flanagan. She'll be lining up for goal from about 45 metres out. Nicole, if you're her, where are you aiming with this Strombury? It's really hard to tell, hiding in here in the grandstand. But, um, listen, you'd certainly be going, you know, the, the uh, certainly the beachside goalpost I'd be going. And she did, but the Strombury's has taken it away through the hands of Perkins as well, just for the minor score. 
Yeah, that's what they set up. And, and St Kilda are setting up really well defensively, as I said before. Tilly Lucas Rod being prepared to go back across goals when and when required. And those second and third efforts gets those things out. So it's good. The talls and the smalls working out um, beautifully. Speaking of it, she's kicking out from full back as well. So all tricks of the trade. One three nine to one straight six. Hawks lead the Saints, and the ball has just found heavy congestion at the fifty metre arc. The umpire will have no choice but to blow the whistle and call for a ball up. Minute and a half remaining to the quarter time siren here on RSN Carnival Two, WARFradio.com, and the VFL app. Umpire from a distance has blown the whistle, spotted something, and it looks also that perhaps he's um, pointing to. Is this? Yeah, it is. It is a. Um, uh, they didn't line up in their structure. Uh, the uh, the zoning rule now. We've got to have five back in your back. Anti-density rule. Anti-density. So, therefore, it's a free kick to Sarah Perkins, of all people, who's got a leg on her. We know about that. And she'll be kicking the distance. No problems. It's just the accuracy for Perko. Yeah, there's no doubt that Perko knew exactly what was going on there and made sure she was certainly the closest <laughs> to the umpire to get that free kick. But, ultimately, it would be fairly pleased if it was in her hands. Ironically, Phoebe McWeens was just coming off the bench. So, other than that, I would have put Phoebe's there. But, yeah, Perko's... Good kick of the footy. From 35 metres out, Sarah Perkins. Uh, no problems with the distance. The accuracy, though, due to the breeze, has blown it well left. Yeah, I think they might have to be uh, aiming for this uh, this near point post. Might be aiming for the grandstand. The way that it's moving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> might have a shot towards us, and they might be right straight through the goals. Out of bounds in the full means a free kick going to Tilly Lucas-Rod, who kicks it a long hike, trying to find McDonald. Hawk sent it back from whence it came, and the ball will go one bounce and over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll have a throw in about 25 metres around from that left-hand point post. So Saints have really pushed the numbers into their back line, and that's why they're getting penalised up the field for the anti-density, because you even got Kate McCarthy down here. She's running across the square. Uh, she's, you know, very rarely you'd find her in the defence line anywhere. So the siren has sounded for quarter time here at uh, Sandringham. one three nine Hawthorne, the Southern Saints, one straight six. I guess the uh, question is, Gravesy, have Hawthorne made the most of that advantage? Yes, it's long kicks with that breeze, but considering the swirly nature of it. Yeah, it is tricky to tell, as I said, because we haven't seen, uh, you know, how it's sort of going to affect both sides. But, yeah, it seems, um, yeah, as I said, that was a real loop around. It was coming out one way and going, you know, back in the next, um, the other. So it was, yeah, listen, it would have been nice when we got 1-3. That have been 3-1 if... You're feeling much more pleased with your uh, with your output, and certainly in women's footy, though that couple of goal grace is so important. We know that the you know kicking points is just such a frustration, and such mm. yeah, it makes life really hard. And especially that shot Perker had, usually you know thirty metres out straight in front, is a given. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's kind of what that, right, that penalty is 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 pretty much you know a goal against you. So um, you know Saints probably got out got away with it a little bit. In that huddle, do you raise the question if you're Pete Searle or do you or do you raise that point, should I say, that you go, hey, we kicked one into the breeze. We probably, in all seriousness, weren't expecting one into the breeze. We got one into the breeze, so we've got a head start. Yeah, listen, I felt that was really important. And St Kilda played really well. It was sort of almost a quarter of two halves, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, where St Kilda got, you know, got on top 
early. We're getting, you know, we're getting really good width, um, getting space, hitting those 45s, uh, really kicking and marking sort of that, you know, trying to keep possession of the footy with this sort of weather. So, And then the Hawks started to open the game up a bit um, and get some of those opportunities, which then obviously put St Kilda a bit on the defensive. So they had to roll back. And they roll back really well. You know, they certainly roll back the Saints um, and find their matchups. You know, at one stage you see, you know, Tilly Lucas rod matching up on Perko, but was within 10 seconds, you know, that had swapped around and stuff. So yeah. they get themselves organised down there. Um, and, and what Hawks did basically was... You know, turned around by actually um, trying not to let the Saints get that width. And once they shut them down and it started to become that kick-to-kick footy, the Hawks actually, um, yeah, with their sort of, I guess, much you have got bigger bodies, certainly started to get that contested ball uh, and get the ball down there. And about for a five-minute period there of that first quarter, we got to see a great matchup: Kate McCarthy versus Meg Hutchins. And they're almost cancelling each other out of the contest. Yeah, it took them a little bit to, um, you know, one dominate the other, yeah. per se. Um, but, yeah, I just feel that, you know, the style that Kate plays, she can, you know, be quite an X factor for them when the ball comes to ground mm. in this kind of win. Because it looks like, you know, your big tools or your high-marking players like Perka went straight through her hands, and she's not one to let a ball go easily through her hands. So it just shows how much swirling it is if someone like her is sort of misjudging some yeah. of that ball yeah. coming in. Well, that's why we praised that mark earlier from uh, the young ruck for the Southern Saints, Jemima Kelly. How she managed to read that well last in the pack of five. Yeah, and as I said, yeah. what's been really impressive is St Kilda's uh, marking ability, and it's made the difference because as soon as you as soon as you mark it, you take the pressure off yourself, the team, everything else you can set up. Whereas that contested ball, you know, it's sort of going anywhere. People are rushing the kicks and stuff, so it's it's really nice to see that you know hitting those forty fives, getting a. a with with St Kilda hitting their targets, whereas Saint uh, where Hawks is really just kicking it long and trying to use, I guess, that advantage of that breeze, aren't they? Yeah, it looked like they were, you know, almost told hurry, hurry the ball along at all costs, kind of thing. Um, but Saints did look a lot more organised and very tidy, clearing the ball out of their fifty. Just perhaps their feed into their forwards need to be a little bit more tidier and. To, to advantage a bit better. Yeah, it is certainly a game of the defences at the moment. And as I said, you know, St Kilda were there, sort of that group defence type mentality working back. And they really set up a structure so they actually mind that space defensively, not necessarily just the players. So, yeah, so they've got it set up well there. But obviously the uh, Hawks defence, because there was plenty of plenty of ball in that Saints um, attacking 50 in that first part too. But as we saw as the, that game went later on, the Hawks had that ball in, in the latter half of that uh, first quarter. You see the likes of Shield pushing up to the wing. Even Grice got as far as the halfback flank. Yeah, well, that's what I said. You saw the penalty yeah, 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 that yeah. saw uh, Sarah Perkins get yeah, that yeah. free kick. Was in fact, as Kiwi's uh, coach Kiwi said, they were they were pushing yeah, yeah. so hard. And this is, you know, Pete, yeah. I guess, balancing at the fact of probably the first time. Yeah. Well, she's obviously been at this level for a couple of years, but that density rule how it can change mm. your t- the style of match that you want to that you want to set up. And obviously, they got caught out by just pushing people forward and then not being able to get back when that ball up uh, rule is, which is always hard when the ball's miles away. It sort of seems funny that, you know, the, the umpire's whistle blows and everyone runs the opposite way. I've always find that quite amusing. It begs the question uh, that it hasn't been exploited as much as yet. We hear the soccer term of the offside trap. If that is going to be slowly developed in this game with the anti-density rule, if sides will start trying practicing something along the lines of how can we trick our opponent into not having enough numbers back... So, therefore, they get pinned and we get a shot on goal from 35 out. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, whether the VFLW um, competition will um, 
we'll start to replicate more of the AFLW comp. Obviously, Waffle W started this year and they've replicated exactly with the amount of numbers and everything the AFLW system, so they're practicing that. As I said, you know, the anti density kind of annoys me a bit. Well, it does. There's nothing worse than watching players run the opposite way. Oh, as a traditionalist, I hate yeah. it. Yeah, and just, and, just and, to tag and, up. And, and, as, and as some of the coaches have pointed out as well, when it's a two umpire system, it's not great where that second umpire, especially watching what's happening at the back of a contest, yeah. also has to look behind them to yeah. find out. And it's certainly stuck in mine and Kiwi's days. You imagine half my GPS marks would be actually just running back <laughs> over to, to get today. back into. Yeah. And the reason why I got pinned <laughs> out. We never get back there. And the reason why I got pinned out today is we actually have, on a rare occasion, a three umpire system. Mm. Anyway, uh, we were meant to have a break. We're not having one. Doesn't matter. We've got those sponsors anyway, so we continue straight through. That's how much we love Sorry, talking Pete. footy here on RSN Carnival. No, we love it. You're on RSN Carnival 2 on WARFradio.com and the VFL app. We're almost ready to get underway here for the second quarter. Saints 1 straight 6, Hawthorne 139. Saints are kicking with the agency of a very strong breeze to the southern end. The umpire holds the football aloft, and away we go again. Kelly, huge leap up against Watton, but Watton rebounds it well, courtesy of Dylan. Goes high with a kick. McWilliams! You could see her coming from 25 away. She was charging at it like a locomotive, then flew through the air at the last moment to take that mark. McWilliams, 55 metres out from goal, going towards the pocket. Just went through the hands there of Serena Gibbs and went over the boundary line and out of bounds. Catch Kelly, there's nothing better than McWilliams in full flight. Yeah, exactly, and especially when it sticks. Um... They probably would have wanted her to bring it more across in front of the sticks to the hotspot a little bit more than stick it in that pocket, I'd say. Yeah, listen, it's going to be really hard to get it out of that pocket with this breeze certainly going that side of the ground and and uh, everything else. So, yeah, it just sort of squashes it up. But I agree. It wasn't She wasn't going to make the distance, even though she's a beautiful kick of the footy with that breeze, so it would have been much better to send it Lucas Rod got an out, try to get it across to McDonald, who missed out in getting the football. Hawks wrap it up, and it does squeeze out. Rosie Dillon now takes the football. Went with a hand pass, but it was knocked out of her hands at the crucial moment. Flanagan's lurking nearby. Saints take it away here through McDonald, up the line, trying to find Grice. was at her feet, ricocheted off. Hawks send it back inside 50. Juggling mark, being taken here by Membry. Membry works it wide. Looking for Flanagan. Flanagan now has the footy. In front of the ice cream van. Tries to set it up. Looking for Louie. Got out the back door to Beeson. Beeson with a hurried shot on goals away to the right. And will register as a minor score. 1-4-10, the Hawks. The Southern States, one straight six. Match analyst is Nicole Graves. Yeah, I was just uh, looking maybe Paddy Hill's uh, kicking school is everything must be only a foot off the ground. And <laughs> again with that little check side. Yeah, that's, that's not check side punt. I'm like, Yeah, I'd like to see some drop punts through the big sticks uh, there. So, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting uh, system that they've got going. Here's the kick out from defence for the Saints through the hands there of Shearlaw. Watton smacked at the ground. Trying to go in and pick the football up. McWilliams got knocked away from her by Guttridge. And then it was Tilly Lucas Wright who kicked it along up the line only for Radden to push forward and take a mark. For McCrow. Talia Radden with the footy. Looks to go on the right boot. Close towards the boundary line. Did it go over and out? Yes, it did. For a kick to Kate Sheila when they're trying to find Van Dyke. And it's a 50-metre penalty because what happened was Van Dyke put the ball on the ground instead of giving it back to Sheila. Double penalty. And a double penalty. And a double 50. Oh, Jade. Ouch. Crack, Ouch. Yeah, so did the old... Uh, it's all right if you're in Ireland to do that, Pete, but no good in, uh, in Australia. So, yeah, so Jade Van Dyke's got a 
Got the sads on, put the ball on the ground, a 50-metre penalty, and then in true form, they've taken off so quickly um, for the 50-metre penalty that Jade's actually been chasing her within that within that, within that and, and um, Sheila area. And Sheila ran straight into it too, so yeah. Yeah, smart thinking by Sheila. To... Oh, yeah, Kate's very smart. So yeah. that was a, yeah, that was a wicked goal. 100-metre penalty, great goal. And Kate's played some really good footy today. So, you know, I think uh, her down this end and, and, and Tilly Lucas-Rod down the other end is showing... You know their um, uh, their maturity and their experience as bookends. Yeah, um, I think um, was it Raiden that had their mark over there yeah. initially. She didn't one look once look inside, and really, you know, she had a player back she could have used. Get it out of that wind tunnel that's over there, and you know, open the game up a little bit because there was just the, too many numbers down that wing. That was going to be hard for them to penetrate, and then she tried that, you know, probably yeah. almost three foot off the ground kick that. Um, really lost the ball so on the sideline. After that double 50, Sheila kicked it from directly in front of goal 10 metres out to make it two straight 12. The Saints, Hawks 1-4-10, ball up in the middle of the ground. Umpires pulled out a free kick going the way of the Saints. So an opportunity again. They might be basically now with a pill. He's looking further afield for options. In the centre of the ground, unloads on the right boot. Oh, that was awkward off the side of the boot. And an easy mark there to Lou Watton. Former Melbourne Ruck in the exhibition games and then, of course, played a year at Collingwood in the AFLW. Close towards the boundary line. Steph Carroll tries to keep it in play. Oh, over the top of her is Kelly O'Neill. Pereira there for support. Drennan not taking high according to the umpire. And pass out to McCarthy. Cats with a K. She goes and finds Greiser. Lovely football. It was, and that's what we want to see. We spoke about that kicking and marking, and Saints are just taking that little bit more time. Obviously, a bit of a faux pas earlier there, but when they do use that width and they hit pinpoint their targets and take their time, they're so dangerous. Yeah, well, that was excellent. McCarthy could have, you know, belted it into the into the square, but she, you know, had a bit of composure and lined up this one. And the wind behind her now, this could work better. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, that you're seeing that AFLW experience of just making better decisions. So, Caitlin Greiser takes a few deep breaths. She'll be kicking from 40 metres out, just a couple of metres in from the boundary line, in front of the grandstand here at Sandringham. It's blowing across the face of goal and will register as a minus score. 2 one the Saints, the Hawks 1-4-10. Yeah, certainly not listening to us, are they, in terms of where they should be aiming? Although, as again, we're sitting here nice and cosy, uh, out of the wind in the grandstand, uh, deciding what they should be doing there. But... Um, as Jade Van Dyke kicks it back in. And she does, but it's going to be taken straight back by Molly McDonald. Got a hand pass through to Drennan. Drennan now with another hand pass over the top. Immediately caught with that to get rid of it was Alison Brown. Coming in, immediately wrapped up there was Kirby Bentley. And the umpire says, I'll take the football back, please. That's what Kirby does. Yeah, she's probably a little bit lucky there, but uh, didn't have too much prior opportunity. But, um, yeah, it'd be good to see now. Now that she's down this end, I can see this far. <laughs> how she, uh, <laughs> how my f- former player will be going. Oh, jeez, that's a rough tackle by Greiser on uh, the Mac. Hawks player there in McClellan because she grabbed her around and almost dumped her head first into the ground. Yeah, it was probably that um, that dangerous tackle. As the ball is thrown up in the air, one out again by Bahana versus Perkins. Trying to jump in there, Mamaki. The umpire will ask for the football back. We'll do it again 40 metres out from goal. Umpire just clears the way, make sure everything's okay for the nominated rucks. Perkins taps it, no real height in that contest. I like to keep it flat and low. Umpire's blown the whistle for a push, and that's going the way of Laura McClelland, who's the 23rd player for the Hawks. Gave it across to Flanagan. Flanagan now goes towards the centre wing position. Bounced off hands, but managing to get it back and clean it up there. 
It was Jordan Membry. Hand pass over the top to Luke. Luke going long towards the half-forward flank position. Came off hands. George of Bevan lurking nearby. In goes Drennan. Maybe caught high. Umpire missed that. Play on. Saints with the opportunity to try and get out of it to Molly McDonald, who gave it across to Carlson. Carlson looking for McCarthy. Float high in the air. McClellan cut it off. McClellan now goes towards the wing position looking for Lou. Crunch. He dropped it as going through midair where there was Brown. Now the hurry kick away by the Saints coming back in board. Pereira attacked the football with the ball bounced awkwardly away from her. Kirby Bentley's going to clean it up here. Bentley on the half-back flank got away from Shearlaw, then went out towards the win position. Breeze took it away. Now being caught here immediately. This is the Hawks player who dropped the ball cold. The umpire said it was fair play on. Drennan now has it with a hurried little hand pass. Caught there is Johnson who managed to get rid of the pill in the nick of time. Hurried right boot kick here by the Saints. Oh! I think marked by Radden. It bounced out of her hands. Bentley gets it back. Gets the hand pass to Radden who has to try and work it sideways to Ellie McDonald. McDonald on the right boots going close towards the boundary line dancing around here Bevan now goes with a long kick up the line looking for Mick Williams put it on her head juggled it couldn't quite pull it in and the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds coach Kiwi yeah I have to say some of the tackling out there is just ferocious it's um glad I don't play anymore <laughs> yeah certainly no no love <laughs> level. Stand over, both teams stand over yeah the line. yeah, yeah. And again, Hawthorne just finding themselves on that windy side of the ground, keep kicking it out that way, making it really difficult for them to, to get a score. As the ball goes long towards the Saints forward line, only for Bentley to get it and get it across to Ellie McDonald. We have a McDonald and McDonald playing today. Making me hungry for cheeseburgers is now going across here as McCarthy, who slapped it along the ground. Oh, look at this little dancing play here. She looks ready to get a hurry hand pass out. McCarthy now with another quick hand pass. It bounced off the head of her own teammate. Is that a Falcon assist? Can we call that? Is that a stat? It was a bit of a... T- it was an interesting play. And as I said, just what you want to see the girls there, they just got themselves stuck on that boundary line. They really needed that maybe that short kick back up to that dangerous space. Probably where about Meg Hutchins is standing in that dangerous space there. So, yeah, so they really need to just get it out of that pocket with that wind. Perkins says, yep, I'll do the job. Grabs the football straight out of the rack, pumps it long, looking for McWilliams. McWilliams gets it across to Flanagan, who's harassed and dumped over the boundary line. Thanks for coming. That'll hurt in the morning. Here's a hurry kick by the Saints that'll dribble along the ground and go out of bounds. 50 metres out from goal, so that will mean a throw-in. Opportunity here for the Saints to extend their three-point lead. Nine and a half minutes gone in this second term. Crowd at the moment, I'm estimating... Probably about 250 plus 100 or so inside the President's Luncheon at least. As the ball is thrown back into play. Perkins intercepted. Saints hand pass over the top. Only to be interrupted by Pereira. Pereira's kick though is smothered by Johnson. Johnson gets it back. Fresh air job there when she tried to put boot the ball. In comes Drennan fighting hard with it is Bevan. And the umpire will say, have a ball up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's Yeah, they still continue to persist to try to play on that side of the field, Pete. And as I said, you know, they just need to... Re- as soon as they release, Hawks aren't actually spreading to give themselves mm. those options. So the only option is to get back to where the ball came from on the far side of the ground. So I'd really like to see them, you know, really as soon as that whistle goes or whatever it is and just really spread quickly and get some, get some space. As the Saints... We'll send the ball back in once more, this time through the agency of Molly McDonald. McDonald goes long, rises out the back, might not even need it! Molly McDonald! How's that for a goal from outside 50? 
And the Saints go to 3-1-19. Hawthorne 1-4-10. Ten and a half minutes gone in this second term. Coach Kiwi. Yeah, definitely, as Nick said, time to change it up for the Hawks. They're just getting nothing from that side of the field. They need to open themselves up. And that's where they play their best football is when they open up. So I'm surprised they're not sort of applying that to this game. It's you know almost as if they've changed up their tactics because of the wind rather than back themselves. Yeah, it's exactly what you want to see them um, do, Kiwi, is, is yeah, it, we know that that's happening and then the ball will go out there, you know, in a rush kick, but they've really got to take some time and connect by hand to get themselves all those shorter kicks, to get themselves, you know, to to the corridor 40 or to this side because it's going to be so much easier for them to enter inside 50. That's champion footballer and coach Nicole Graves. The umpire has blown the whistle for a set of square infringement going the way of Lou Watton and the Hawks. She goes long and taking the mark is Rosie Dillon. Dillon has the ball forward of centre. Now kicks it inside 50. Perkins! Beautiful lead out. Took it straight on the chest and she's going to be lining up from... I wouldn't say a difficult angle in the terms of she's up against the boundary line, but tricky because of the breeze where she's kicking for that right footer uh, 25 to 30 metres out. Yeah, and Perko, really smart. <laughs> she's, she's grabbed the ball and she's kind of wandered herself inside, giving herself a bit straighter kick at the umpire while the umpire wasn't looking. So all of a sudden Perko's probably, you know, 10 metres uh, better off than she was. Perkins with a skip and the step. Gives it a right on the left with a breeze blow it back. It doesn't. It goes across the face for a minor score. One just, five just eleven. A little outside curve on it. Just <laughs> kick it just off just slightly, the bu- slightly yeah, off the centre of your boot. Curl, yeah, yeah, just slightly off centre of your boot and let the wind take it the rest of the way. Yeah. And it just shows how interesting that is because you'd think that would have come round like we've seen today, but it didn't. So it's a really swirly wind. The kick out from full back is intercepted, taken by Van Dyke for the Hawks, who goes to the dangerous hotspot, 35 metres out from goal, came off hands, Dylan without the football. Going in there is Johnson, immediately thrown to ground, but got the hand pass out. The umpire said it was slung into the ground. It was Drennan, rather. So she'll end up with a free kick. So Drennan, 40 metres out from defensive goal. Her side leads by eight points, 3-1-19 to 1-5-11 at the 13-minute mark here of this Second quarter, as the ball has actually found its way all the way up to the half-forward flank, and have to send it all the way back again. Yep, we certainly know that breeze is going beautifully. Now the ball's <laughs> actually one kick up, three to get it back. Yeah, yeah, it is. A, it's a you know tough ground to play in these sort of conditions, but and St Kilda obviously um, are playing here a, a lot more than uh, more than the Hawks being their home ground. So yeah, so they're playing the ground better and the conditions better, St Kilda, because at the end of the day, you know Hawthorne's had plenty of the footy uh, with six scoring shots to four. And being down. As Dredden elects to play on out of defence, she goes towards the scoreboard side of the ground over the head there of Melissa Kyes, but it bounces well for her, and Kyes goes for a run. Now on the left boot, no one home. Bentley, Bentley, Bentley's running for the football. It's going to bounce away from her, and best result for the Saints, actually. It's out of bounds next to their left-hand point post. Yeah, again, that breeze, it was just like we saw um, before when the girls were chasing and literally the ball, um, Kirby was chasing the ball and the wind uh, with that throwing there. So, yeah, it's a really dangerous spot now as the umpires obviously come in 10 metres to throw the ball in there. Ball is thrown back into play. This is Watton versus... Oh, Sheila, who would it down the back? 
Sheilor had all the space. She did. The Christmas eyes came open, didn't they? <laughs> and then she kicked it to the right for a minor score. 3 2 20 to the Saints. 1 5 11. Hawthorne. 14 and a half minutes gone in the second term. Hurry kick out of defence here oh, by just shows that win, didn't it? Van Dyke has been intercepted. And O'Neill sends it into the dangerous hotspot. 30 metres out from goal. Emma Mackey comes crashing through. Umpire said too high. Mackey goes, You're kidding me. And the crowd's not happy either. And it's a free kick to the Hawks. At least Jade tried to bring it out that way, so maybe a message has gone out about yeah. bringing it here. You just have to allow for the wind. Ironically, it's so literally much. dropping it straight down. So, you know, the Hawks players just need to get in front. Yeah, this and is your little flat get-out-of-jail kick, really. Henderson to O'Neill went for Greiser, who went for the leap. Just missed it. Bohanna has got it and got dumped there by uh, Pereira. Came out to McDonald for the Hawks. Gets it going into the direction of Kelly. Oh, only to be intercepted. Opportunity here for oh my goodness oh how do you describe that <laughs> beautiful use of the wind you, uh, that the, of the breeze Pete that's how you describe that it was amazing Superb. Molly McDonald she's kicking the ball from 35 meters out it went for the first 15 minutes 15 meters of its journey straight and then just put this nasty outswinger on it and it went through for a goal yeah, it was fantastic wasn't it no, excellent work. And I think, ironically, I think she was actually trying to centre it to that hot spot that we've been talking about, Kiwi. And uh, and uh, it went through. So the take it how sure. it comes. Absolutely. Yeah. But it just shows how strong that breeze is and the effect it's having on the game. And Saints, that get, yeah, really with the opportunity. Some of our men's fast bowlers could do with that action uh, over in England at the moment. Get some swing on the ball like that as the ball's in the middle of the ground. Oh, that's high. And a free kick on the way of Vesely there for the Saints, given away by Watton. Vesely. Could have been one of Pete's le- leggies there from her cricket days. Snuck <laughs> out there, Pete. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the right boot. Here's a long kick over the head. Ball bouncing. Grice like a little nudge under it from Radden. Immediately caught and put into the ground there by Nixon. Ball spilled out. Here's Beeson. Got a hurry kick away before being dumped by McCarthy. Guess who marks again? O'Neill. I think it's about three or four marks were in the same spot. She is in progress. <laughs> She's had plenty O'Neil. of stats just waiting for the ball to drop short. O'Neill to McCarthy. McCarthy. No one's on the marks. And McCarthy elects to play on. McCarthy from 40 metres out. It's away to the right, and the breeze did not pick up then. No, it was sort of... Uh, yeah, I don't think she realised straight away there was no one on the mark, so she was sort of going back for that set shot, then realised, and then probably brushed it in the end. Yeah. Out of bounds like on the floor. She belted there. a little bit hard, wasn't really yeah. using the yeah. wind. Yeah, speaking of those Christmas eyes, it's happened again. Now <laughs> Kate McCarthy, so they're all opened Too up there. Now. Yep. Here's the kick from Meg Hutchins out of defence. Won't even get outside the 50 arc held up in the breeze. The umpire says too high. Free kick to Vesely. Dylan not happy about it, having a uh, chat with the umpire about it. And that's where I'd like to see, you know, the Hawks maybe use those outriders, those little short outrider kicks to get themselves, say, 20... Yeah, you know, 20 metres, OK, laterally, and then give a roost or, a, you know, a run and carry from, from that point because it's just not working. So Vesely is having a shot on goal when she puts boot to ball from about 46 metres out. Kicks it long towards the top of the square. Come off hands. And he's just punched through for a minor score. Yeah, Lou Watton getting back there, doing the doing the duties of the tall, getting the ball over the line. one five eleven 11 Hawthorne. The Saints, once the scoreboard ticks over, will be four goals, four if I'm correct. We'll just wait for that. It's all stacked up here now. Uh, I think I must be listening to our commentary, uh, Kiwi. And uh, came off hands once again. Bahana, hand pass over the top. Ripped to ground there, man. And the umpire will blow the whistle and call for a ball up. 
Here we are. The scoreboard's finally ticked over now. 4 3, 27 the Saints. Hawks 1 5 11. It's the old fashioned style scoreboards here. Nothing electronic here at Sandy. Yeah, this is where you probably want to get, you know, probably your forwards running, you know, working in this stoppage. Give a bit more space there rather than your mids um, down in there. Going in there, hand pass out from Carol Beeson. Very close to the boundary line. Flanagan now came off her boot. It came off, right off the tip of her toe then. And that's out of bounds on the full free kick going the way of the yeah, Saints. Just a bit lapsy daisy, wasn't it? Just a bit sort yeah. of the old term, slack. <laughs> um, yeah, she's just sort of toe-poking like a yeah, little dribble, like she'd still sort of had the sads on from the previous umpire's decision. So <laughs> he ain't going to change it, and he certainly isn't going to change it five minutes after. So... Well, it went for Greiser, then to Beeson, then quickly got it out through Carroll, very close towards the boundary line, over and out. Being seen over here by Flanagan. Minute to go before half-time, and it is a 16-point lead to the Saints. They've used the breeze well. The Hawks have only kicked two points into the breeze. While with the breeze, the Saints have kicked one goal three. Ball's thrown back into play. Watton wrestling. Ball got out the back. Dylan Vesely from behind. Vesely got the fortunate bounce. Gave it across to Mackey. Got pulled down as she got her kick away. 25 metres out from goal. Came off hands. Pereira tries to get in there. Shoved off the ball at the last second. Mainly caught there is uh, Brown who tried to get the hand pass. Dylan took it away. Went for Flanagan who went for a slips catch but it popped out of her hands. Picked off here by Fiona. Steer it. Steer it. Going to the dangerous spot. 25 metres out from goal. Trying to find Hannah Stewart. Spot from behind there by Jade Van Dyke. Going in there. McCarthy got shoved off of it by Nixon. They all jump in there. Stewart wants a piece of it. And the umpire says, I'll take the footy back, please. 40 metres out from the Saints goal. As the siren sounds here to indicate it's half-time at Trevor Barker Beach Oval in Sandringham. And what a quarter from the Saints. 4-3-27 to 1-5-11. Ironically, Nicole, when you were talking at quarter time when the Hawks were 1-3, you're saying they'd be in a pretty good spot if they kicked three goals one. The Saints, well, they've kicked uh, three goals three. Yeah, it makes a massive difference, does it? It just takes yeah. the pressure off. And, and I think, you know, St Kilda, yes, there was quite a few fortuitous yeah. type goals yeah. in that. You know, 100-metre penalties handy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, always handy. And uh, and certainly that that last goal was just a beautiful goal. But, you know, they've just been more patient, St Kilda. They've moved the ball by hand and by foot uh, in a way that is keeping more possession, whereas the Hawks are obviously a, bit, a little bit more panicking and just booting the ball out. And as we discussed in that first sort of part, just kicking it back to where it came from, kicking it back. Then they tweaked it around to actually come to this side of the ground so they can get more, uh, more flow in their game. But they just, again, didn't allow for the wind mm. where the ball was was going to drop short. Mm. So, you know, after it dropped short the first time, it's probably time to, you know, think about it. And it ironically, it was the same player catching the ball uh, just inside that 50, so they just couldn't break outside. So, again, just having to tweak that. But, you know, you know the Hawks' defence has been under the pump, was certainly under pump in that quarter. And, uh, Coach Gui, as, as Nicole mentioned about that 100-metre penalty, that 100-metre penalty, which was the first goal of the quarter to the Saints through Shearlaw, that's when the damn wall busted. Yeah, it was, and you know that for some of the battling that the defence did, that probably broke their hearts a little bit to have the ball come in so easily after they'd worked so hard. But um, yeah, I just think St Kilda just used, uh, or Southern Saints, sorry, used used the wind a lot better, and um, you know, and a lot of their kicks over the back, they starting to get, you know, realise that 
the, the, the fours leading out weren't going to get the ball. They were matched up really well. So they just put it in long. And I think one of them was a goal that, ca- that carried all the way through, I think, was from Biso. Um, so, yeah, I think they just used the wind a lot better. But what I noticed also around the throw-in um, stoppages is the team seemed to have their setups, which, you know, is what... You know, your midfield coaches will coach, you know, three times or five times or ten times a week if you allow them. But they're not allowing for the wind. So when the ball is on this side of the field, it's uh, or throwing from this side, the ball is carrying past the rucks. And there doesn't seem to be from either team anybody running around on the inside of the field to get that. Whereas when the ball's on the other side, the throw-in's coming in and it's actually falling short of the rucks, but they're not having players come in to adjust to that. So, um, you know, probably each team needs to just adjust a little bit to this wind because it's obviously affecting the way the ball is actually travelling when it's high up well, in the air. Well, both sides have got the cattle to do that. I mean, I look at the same straight away and the players I think of immediately are Drennan and McCarthy. They're the type of players you want out the back that once they've got the ball, they've got speed to burn and they will go. If I look at the um, Hawk side of equation, maybe a member is going to be that player, uh, maybe an Olivia Flanagan, those two players that you want out the back to get the possessions, who can kick a footy, who are going to set something up. I do want to mention two players for the Saints that, um, even though personally they haven't impacted the scoreboard, the influence they're having in their forward half, it's Caitlin Greiser. She's dragging players with her as well. So not only is she doing a lead, and okay, she's not managing to hold a few marks, the players that she drags with her is opening space up out the back, and that's looking very dangerous. The other one, which we praised a few minutes earlier, has been Kelly O'Neill, and how she's read the ball so very well when it's been coming out towards the grandstand side, and in the space of, what, five minutes, took four marks on that 50-metre arc? Yeah, so, yeah, again, they were more organised. Yeah. Um, and, they're, you know, we spoke, you know, Paddy is talking about, you know, the girls being calmer and doing that before the ground, you know, the game. This is a outfit. This is the first time I've actually watched them this year. Um, you know, really look well-drilled organised. Yeah, some of the skills are a bit off, um, but, you know, the, the kicking and marking has been really effective in such conditions like this. So it's really important they keep hold of the possession. They are releasing those quick players when it's time. Um, so you can really see the, the, the setup. But, yeah, there's still that tweaking of both teams to understand that. And it is, it's easy to say, isn't it, from the grandstand to, yeah. well, it's falling short, you just yeah. change it. Um, but, yeah, so and that's what needs that leadership on field to be able to do those things so that you're communicating um, with the players to make sure that they, and I'm no doubt at half time a lot of that conversation is going to be about how they're going to use this breeze. And, you know, out here it isn't going to stop. It may change direction, no doubt about it. And in typical Melbourne form, uh, you know, by 2 o'clock this afternoon, it's supposed to be a completely other, you know, sea change by then. Yeah. And we'll be in Arctic, be in the Arctic Circle again. So who knows? You've got to get the score on the board. And, you know, in the last part of this, you know, quarter, last part of this game, it could be raining sideways. So, you know, St Kilda have got a really dominating position here. Score at half time is the Southern Saints 4 3 27, Hawthorne 1 5 11. We'll take a break here on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. When we return, we'll have for you the second half. This is what you might have missed on RSN 927's Racing Pulse. But the Enigma himself's going to win the Ori Star. So Sibon won it. The Enigma was too good. So Sibon taking out the Ori Star. And the man who has the key to So Sibon is Lukey Nolan. Probably misunderstood, I suppose, a little bit. <laughs> we have a kinship over that. He does go nicely for me. I've been lucky enough to win a couple on him. Dr. Turf. Turfy is back. How are you, Turfy? Uh, Michael, you started off with a very strong joke. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Racing was just part of the family life. I mean, my, my late grandmother 
mother. She had come out from Scotland. She gambled. She left behind two bookmaker brothers. She said they were the most miserable human beings that God ever put breath into. This is true. They used to employ a pickpocket. So when he pulled bastard that backed a winner, they'd send a pickpocket out get their money, and cash back. These were her brothers. Great to get Nick Williams live in the studio. How are you, Nick? Very well. Great to be here, Michael. And the talk of the world has been Frankie Dettoria. Would you like to give him a ride in the cup? He's certainly uh, doing his best jockey's PR skills to make sure he gets a ride out of us. I can tell you the text <laughs> messages are coming thick and fast. Let's start the program with her trainer, Adam Trinder. So, won't hurt her preparation in any regard moving forward. Probably negates her winning opportunity. So we get to speak with a trainer who uh, is a Caulfield born and bred and has been involved with some of the great horses around Caulfield, including one that has a name, a race named after him on Saturday, the Regal Roller. Clint McDonald, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Very well. It was uh, grand final night. I'd never met him. A good mate of mine, Michael Gardner, said, come with us. So we jumped in the cab. I was in the back of the uh, minibus. Everyone's got out and I've obviously been left with the bill, so I paid the bill. <laughs> Michael Gardner would still have his lunch money, I have to say, but uh, I was left at the back of the bus, paid the bill. They've all gone in. I said, Dusty, and he didn't remember me in days, not, not like that. So This is after they won the flag. After they won the flag, so that's okay. And uh, the next week he was horrified when Gardy said, this is the bloke that you've embarrassed. So, Racing Pulse, the heartbeat of Victorian racing. Weekdays from 8.30am on RSN 927. If you've had something stolen... Or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something or found something valuable. Or if you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131444. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. When it's time to grow your small business, a loan from OnDeck can get you on your way. OnDeck Group are the small business loan specialists with over $10 billion US dollars already lent to 80,000 small businesses globally. OnDeck say yes to small business. The application can be completed in minutes. Approved in hours and you could have the funds in your account as early as the next business day. So if it's time to grow your small business, apply now at ondeck.com.au. All loans are subject to lender approval. I'm Professor Michelle Simmons and what I do as a scientist will likely change your life. I'm building new types of computers out of atoms called quantum computers. And we hope these will create new materials, new medicines and process huge bundles of data in an instant to help us understand more about the world around us. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. National Science Week is a chance to discover the life-changing science happening all around you. Find an event near you at scienceweek.net.au. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids, and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars, and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. Why not grab a Routley's slice to go with your coffee? Make it a classic apple slice, a bee sting, or a vanilla slice that's absolute custard heaven. You can make a move on a muffin or go all the way and bite into a wicked Nutella donut. Routley's Bakery's right across Geelong as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown and Adelaide.
Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. Would you like a life by the beach? Make the sea change to Port Arlington Village. Just 200 metres from the water, just 400 metres from the golf club. It's quality beach living for the over 55s. Living in your own new home in the Port Arlington Township with a clubhouse, pool, gym and more. The best of the Bellarine right at your feet and Geelong just 30 minutes away. Don't leave it too late. Inspect the new homes now and see where beach life begins. See portarlingtonvillage.com.au Inside Racing, the official magazine of Racing Victoria and Australia's best monthly race information source. Inside the August issue, Danny Power previews the Spring Without Winks with the new names to watch. Matt Ellis takes us inside the Apprentice Jockey Training Program and Tim Gill goes one-on-one with Sam Friedman. Plus the industry section featuring the conditions for the major spring races. Subscribe to Inside Racing, call customer first 1300 139 401 for advertising 1300 783 RSN 927 conducts competitions almost every day. Every contest is run according to our general competition rules. There are even competitions which have specific terms and conditions. If you would like to read our general competition rules or any special terms and conditions, look for the links on the competitions page at rsn.net.au or ask for a copy during business hours at the RSN 927 reception desk. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And I'm by 95 points and they should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. A bit of a dog would win in the end because we're a pretty young group and everyone probably would have expected the Premiers to run over told us, but that one's the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au. That's the way football is. Or catch the first release early Monday mornings on RSN 927. Analog, digital, and streaming. There's jumpers, hoodies, and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au. Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au RSN Carnival 2. RSN Carnival to WARFradio.com and the VFL app. It's the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day for Round 15, the second last round. The Southern Saints 4-3-27 lead Hawthorne 1-5-11 as the Saints get a round of applause as they come out onto the ground. Now, goal kickers at halftime look like this. For the Saints, two to Molly McDonald, singles to Kate McCarthy and to Kate Shearlaw, the only goal kicker for the Hawks so far, Phoebe McWilliams. I'm Peter Holden. I'm joined by Coach Kiwi, Nicole Graves. We'll be back in the broadcast position shortly is this the make or break quarter is it coach Kiwi for the Hawks that they've got to make a go of this third quarter if they don't that's the ball game yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, Saints just gave them a lesson in you know, what to do with that wind. And 
um, really made uh, made Hawthorne pay on the scoreboard. So. Yeah, for them to get back into the game, this is where they've got to make use of it. Just looking around at the trees, they don't seem to be on the angle they were earlier. They do look like they're swirling around a little bit. So, you know, that wind change is coming in. Um, but, yeah, Hawthorne just need to, you know, what they did in the first quarter, you know, towards the second half of that, where they got possession, they started using their structures and go the shorter ball and clear it out. They've got to get back to that style of play um, to come against the Saints, who have just been so organised. Red alert, red alert, red alert when it comes to the finals makeup. As we said, Geelong, we expect to beat Williamstown and Carlton to make a go of it for this last spot. They're seventh on the table. As we speak, we are in the second quarter. It's one straight six apiece between Weemstown and Geelong. Weemstown and Geelong tied at the moment. As we said, we're expecting Geelong to win this game and get percentage, which they need, which is critical for them. At the moment, Geelong are looking wobbly. The whole finals could be locked if this upset happens. Yeah, well, I think I said earlier today, I don't think Geelong are really a team to kick many goals. It's just the style that they play. But, um, but yeah, they'd be you know, wanting to do a bit better than that against Woolley. And a score check in from uh, the game that started at 11.30. Uh, Casey Demons, 9.862 lead NT Thunder, two straight 12. Sorry, I'm back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been a, probably a tougher ride for the NT Thunder than last year. but And that's, you know, they're nurturing the talent of, of NT now, which is, mm. you know, what that program is, is for. And, and Heidi's doing a really good job. So they don't have the AFLW listed players like they did last year. So they're, you know, they're developing and learning. And, and the good thing about the, you know, the system is that we're able, as recruiters and, and AFLW clubs, is to see more of the Territory girls get this opportunity at that level. And then to understand what they're coming into as well of, of you know, possibly getting drafted and the AFL system. Three goals to Kate Hoare, two to Casey Sheriff, two to Lily Mithin and the entirety of NT's score, the two goals kicked by Danielle Ponta. So the umpire holds the football aloft and we're ready to get underway. This is the third term here on RSN Carnival 2. Poppy Kelly wins it out there for the Saints. Quick hand pass, gives it across to Vesely. Vesely on the left boot, going towards centre half forward, looking for Mackey, was at her feet, popped out. Drennan comes in, has the football immediately caught by Bevan, dispossessed. In goes Beeson, wanted to crack at it. Hand pass coming out there from Bahanna. Immediately went into trouble. In comes Rosie Dillon, wraps it all up and will call for a bounce at the half forward flank. 4-3-27 the Saints. The Hawks 1-5-11. Saints going into the breeze, which is the northern end of the ground. Knocked around. Galley, Drennan, hand pass. Vesely off the left boot. Wobbly kick. Bentley gives away a hand pass. Working it sideways here. Ellie McDonald in trouble. Lost the footy. Had to go back in again. Dispossessed by Vesely. And the umpire says we'll call for a ball up. Dark clouds coming over the ground here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. She po- called it, didn't she? She said it was going to rain <laughs> the last quarter. I don't. I don't. Well, pretty much a given in Victoria, let's face it. It, it was too, too nice to ask for two sunny days in a row, wasn't it? True. So, yeah, it's good. And, and uh, Liv Vesely has had plenty of the footy in this first five minutes. I'd just like to see her use the ball a little bit better, just take her time and get that kick on. Jemima Kelly now for the Saints. Goes inside 50. Sheila's got to run around because she's in trouble from Pereira. Hawks will set it back out again. Looking for Phoebe McWilliams. Had it popped out of her hands. Umpire said there's a bit of holding going on the contest. And that was against Selena Carlson. Phoebe McWilliams gets the resulting free kick. She is on defensive side of centre wing. Broadcast side in front of the interchange benches. 
Phoebe McWilliams going for Tamara Luke. Jumped a little too early, went through her hands there. Got out the back, trying to get in there. Kelly Thompson is going to see the ball over the boundary line and out of bounds. Flanagan on her hammer. And we'll call for a ball in between centre wing and the half-forward flank here for the Hawks. As the ball will come back into play, Watton versus Kelly. Watton took it straight out of the ruck, decided to go for a run, then gave up the hand pass. One step, kick inside, 50 for the Hawks, looking for Luke. One bounce, then went to ground at the critical moment. Tilly Lucas Rod got the kick away while had pressure coming at her. Hutchins tries to run in and pick up the football. Hutchins, she goes to ground as well. Dylan's waiting on the outside of the pack. If they can get to her, they cannot. Wrapping up a tackle there is Kelly O'Neill. And we'll call for a ball up. Nicole Graves there, just two crucial moments there for the Hawks where their players went to ground. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was, it was like watching... <laughs> Sorry, the frustration of it, of um, just going down and getting the ball first. Mm. You know, uh, uh, one of those ones of going, the ball doesn't need a shepherd. It needs to be picked up. So, yeah, they were sort of just bumping instead of just going for the footy. Went to ground and, you know, and miss out on that opportunity inside 50. Umpire blows the whistle and says that's holding the football against Kate McCarthy. Free kick to the Hawks. They have it 55 metres out from goal. Like to draw the player at it. Now here's the hand pass to Lou Watton. Spins around in a circle, pumps it long. Perkins had position, just got knocked out of her hands. Taken away here by O'Neill. Kelly O'Neill put it straight down the throat, though, of Mick Hutchins. And Hutchins is 50 metres out from goal. And Hutchins goes, you know, I used to be a full forward, and I might think about having a crack at this. Winds up, Hutchins. Let's rip towards the top of the goal square. Perkins had it popped out of her hands. One step kick for the Hawks across the face. One bounce. Won't go over the boundary line. In fact, it bounced backwards. It's still in play. Coming in a low tackle there was Luke. Almost appealing for dropping it. The umpire said no. Came with her leg. And Thompson over the boundary line, out of bounds. Coach Kiwi? Yeah, that's um, probably twice now Perko's dropped really crucial balls and she had the positioning. And, you know, I think she's generally the stronger player. I'm not sure what's happening the way she's dropping them down there. Yeah, certainly that sort of chess mark. She's holding that, as we discussed earlier. She holds that space beautifully, but she's got to take them. Ball is kicked long by the Saints towards the centre of the ground. Drenning just kicked along the carpet. But it will be. O'Donnell's going to clean up here. Whoop, knocked out of her hands, though, by Molly McDonald, who did well. Ellie McDonald on her hands. Molly McDonald gets the kick away, then got slung on the ground. The umpire said it was fair. Going to Mackey, it was on the carpet. Coming out of Pereira. Pereira now puts it on the right boot, goes up the line. Spall from behind by Johnson. Sees the ball go over the boundary line and out of play. You can see both teams now, Pete, really using this side of the ground. So, you know, as we discussed, they would, would have been having a lot of that discussion at halftime on how to better use these conditions. So a lot of the play now on this side of the ground. Ball to be thrown back into play. Kelly again versus Watton. Kelly knocked it, went out the back door. Hand pass, none under pressure. Mackey, hurry kick towards centre half forward. Dreda may have got one high on the way through. Pereira wants to go in there, can't extract it. Always laying a tackle on the way through. Whoa, slung into the ground there. Dutchy Kai's, the umpire says, advantage paid to Kelly. Awkward kick inside 50. Bentley has it. Gives with a hand pass to Carroll, who now works it wide. Looking for O'Donnell to try and run onto the football. Very close towards the boundary line. It will go out now from Tilly Lucas Rod. They want a claim for last disposal. Let's see what the field umpire and boundary umpire have a chat about. And no, calling for the throw in. A bit disappointing there. It wasn't really an advantage, was it, that uh, kick that was left there? And again, it's just taking that time to make sure they make good decisions and, and get the ball in there. In she almost looked like she kicked on a wrong foot too. In comes the ball for Kelly and Luke. 
Got away from both of them. Rosie Dillon goes in and picks up the footy. Got it on the left. Went over the head there of O'Donnell. Umpire's pulled out a free kick. No, no. Had a, yes, yes. That's what I thought. I saw the boundary umpire also blowing the whistle. The umpire said there was a push with a free kick going to O'Donnell here for the Hawks. 60 metres out from Gold Beach Road side of the ground. Just near the Caltex here. Yeah, and will be looking to go inside 50 with a long high kick. Perkins! <laughs> There's the one we wanted. And again, similar sort of delivery in this time. Perko has absolutely swallowed it, made sure that was definitely not getting out. So Perko is a, is a, um, has certainly analysed her game herself pretty quickly. So it's good to see she's come back and that third time lucky. So Sarah Perkins about five metres in from the boundary line. Yeah, she looked like she just had just that little bit of separation right before she marked it, which is, you know, a bit of experience and just really good body use. Yeah, and Saints didn't have that person coming back uh, on her as well, sweeping in front of her. And she squeezes it in for one behind. one six twelve Hawthorne, four three twenty seven. The Southern Saints, so both have had the equal amount of scoring shots, seven apiece, but it is the comfortable lead to the Saints. Taking out a fullback here is Rebecca Neves, the former Essendon VFLW player, former St Kilda Shark, now across to Tilly Lucas Rod. Goes long up the line, trying to find Hannah Stewart, knocked out of her hands. Hawks will try and clean it up, though, only to be intercepted by Johnson, who coughed it up again. Comedy of errors, ball at centre-half forward, trying to keep the ball in front of herself, Gibbs. Hand pass sideways. Seeing a task for a teammate here in Henderson who had to go backwards. Bevan. They got bumped off of it by Mackey. And then, well, Bevan nearly kicked it straight into the face there of uh, Guttridge. Coming in memory. And it's all locked up and we'll call for a ball up. Kate Sheila on the bottom of the deck there. And we'll throw it up at half forward flank for the Hawks. Seven and a half minutes gone into this third term. Kelly put it straight down the throat of Mackey. Mackey now kicks in towards the middle of the ground. Be easily read here. And a chance for the Hawks to reset themselves. Luke wants to stand tall from behind Johnson. Tapped it, got her own footy back. Then a swaying of the breeze kick looking for Greiser. But Radden cleans up the mess here. And Radden goes inboard looking for Bevan who wanted to create some space. Fingertip a drop that she really should have swallowed it. Now coming through is Rosie Dillon though. Rosie Dillon spins around in the circle. Now kicking and managing to find Kelly. Taya Kelly with the football for the Hawks forward of centre. Kelly going in the Perkins direction. Too much juice in the kick over her head. Kelly at the back. Now a tackle load on in the back according to the umpire. And that will be going the way of the 41 in Rebecca Neves. So Neves will play on on the right. Ooh, wobbly kick there, trying to come out of defence. Henderson at her defeat, couldn't quite pick it up. Membry has got two on her back, trying to carry it rugby mall style. Let's not bring up the blue slope up as we'll call for a ball up. There is a Kiwi on the field down there choice as we, she'll, she'll clear it out Kelly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brings it down going in there is Mackie Dylan can't get it out in towards the middle of the ground immediately caught there Fiona steer it and Bentley got the football back then went for a run Kelly Bentley kicks it inside 50 ricocheted off hands trying to get a hold of it is what you said captain I said what that's an old 80s song now it's Dutchie Kai's here for the Haw- for the Saints rather I was going to say Hawks it was a former Hawk now finds Mackey the former Hawk captains teaming up there for the Saints kicks it long only to be intercepted by Bevan who outmarked Kate Shearlaw Georgia Bevan 
Looking further afield. She is 60 to 65 metres out from home. Gets the hurry up from the umpire. Pulls the kick at the last second because he found McWilliams. That was a lovely little wait, hurry up and wait. And Kat Sheila really probably just needed to attack her even more than she actually pulled up. Um, and nice little short kick and Phoebe McWilliams on the end of it. And uh, Phoebe, beautiful uh, kick of the footy. Um, Kicks plenty in AFLW. She had another option. Um, Serena Gibbs was free in the goal square too. So it was the win from the side that ball would have carried. So it Hooks shows the importance of them just present, continuing to present. Kiwi doesn't yeah. it? those forwards dragging the defenders out. Pmac hits the boundary, hits the behind pose to be out of bounds on the full. So a free kick for the Saints in their own back pocket, and they'll just go short with this one and taking the mark there. See the kick of Carlson was Emma Mackey. Mackey on the right. Long and high looking for Sheila. Doing her job as a tool. Who pulls it in? Kate Sheila. She was also originally a hawk, but a Wimbledon hawk out of the AFL London Women's League in 2016. Kicks it towards the centre wing looking for Pereira, who wanted to get involved. The umpire's blown the whistle from a distance. It picked out Drennan for doing something behind the play. Yeah, I think um, she got knocked down, but she's come back and retaliated, so that's what the free kick's for, the retaliation. Bevan, now on the right boot, going long inside 50. Over the head of Bo Perkins and Nick Williams, who didn't jump for it because it was too much juice on the kick, and taken there by Kelly Thompson. Thompson on the right boot. Wants to come out of defence. Hutchins juggles it, pulls it in, shows everyone the football and says the ball is mine. 11 and a half minutes gone in this third term. Hutchins elects to go for the hotspot. 25 metres out from goal. McWilliams! Yeah, great work. <clears throat> and again, just taking some time, some experience. Meg Hutchins probably slightly thought she might go back and have a kick. It was probably a better angle than the last one for her. But yeah, Phoebe just allowed um, her play just to get in front, allowed that breeze to just take it over the back, which St Kilda's actually been doing really well defensively doing that. So yeah, great work. PMAC. Her slow approach. In she comes. And she has kicked the goal. She's got the Hawks both. Two to Phoebe McWilliams. They move to 2-7-19. The Southern Saints, 4-3-27. 12 minutes gone in the third term on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. Here is Coach Kiwi. Yeah, Hawks really needed to um, kick a major. They've pretty much camped down this end of the field for this quarter so far. So about time they um, kicked it. And it's going to keep them in the game. They just you know, continue using this wind and, um, and clean possession. They're starting to um, look for each other and have that bit of composure now. So... Um, yeah, game is not over for, for them by a long shot. Two champions of the game here in our commentary position today. My claim to fame, I'm the youngest of the team. As the ball is thrown up in the air, brought down by Watton. Are you the, sure? Yeah, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probbing their birth certificate, are they? Hang on. <laughs> Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Though, I say. <laughs> so not how we act. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to come out for their memory. The umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. But I did, uh, when I played school footy pioneer, the role of centre-half bench. As we wait... So you retired before us. Yes. Technically, yes, that makes yes, you older. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was the posi- position of left, right, out. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just, a stumbling block for Pete's footy career. Yeah, a lack of ticker and a lack of skill as the ball has moved towards the half-back now for the Saints. They'll try and come out through Carlson, who works well, finding Molly McDonald. McDonald with a footy. Swings around on the left boot, looking for Kai. He's got brought to ground without the football. And the umpire says, she can have a free kick. 
in almost the way of Meg Hutchins, who was just relaxing on the ground, getting a rub down from the trainer. And Kai's just looks further afield to see what options she's got up the line. Sheila was presenting. And decides to go on the left and curve it back inboard. Bounced off the chest there of Lou Watton. Trying to come through there. McClelland couldn't hang on to the footy. And the pack will quickly form right on the edge of the centre square. We'll call for a ball up near the Saints half forward. Eight points the difference. Saints up. Six minutes remaining in the third quarter. Ball's in the air. Knocked around. Cook around the corner here by the Hawks. Only as far as Thompson. Jumping in there is Kelly. Squeezed out Membry, put on her backside. Grabs the footy and then is immediately held onto. And the umpire says it's not coming out. As we'll throw it up again on the centre wing. This is between the interchange gauge, broadcast side. In the ruck work there, Rhiannon Watts. Going in there is Beeson. We'll call for another ball up. So... Nicole, we're in a bit of a stalemate here for the moment. There's been a few little ball-ups here. And again, it's just, you know, the players obviously, one, getting a little bit tired as we go through this game. Just weaving her way there was Drennan before she could get rid of the ball. She got brought down. It spilled out to Sheila, though. Went with a hand pass over the top into heavy traffic. Pereira jumps in and the umpire says it's wrapped up and we'll call for a ball-up. We'll reset the play at about 40 metres out from the Saints' goal. They're working towards the club room end of the ground, or the city end. As we throw it up in the air, Watton missed out on it, taken away by Radden, who accidentally kicked it into her own teammates. And back into the pack. McClellan trying to get it out there. Drennan wants some support. And the umpire says, uh, we'll call for another ball up, please. Four minutes remaining to three-quarter time. And time is the Saints' friend, as we yeah, speak. Yeah, certainly St Kilda now. Pete would be pretty, would be okay with these amount of stoppages, particularly in their attacking 50, although a score is always handy. As the kick now finds it with McCarthy, who picked it up off the side of the pack and went for a shot. And it was away to the right-hand side. So the Saints move to 4-4-28. That's their first score, actually, of the quarter. Yeah, there's only been in there a couple of times, Pete, um... Uh, this course, Hawthorne have really, um, uh, the Hawks, I should say, uh, have really done have really done well. They've had probably 80% of the footy, uh, and, and obviously Phoebe and Perko down forward have been, you know, really presenting well. But it's just that final sort of stuff. But yeah, again, St Kilda will be quite pleased that it's down there in for the last couple of minutes. Scoreboard's actually gone to sleep. They actually haven't turned the score over yet, but it should be 4-4-28 to 2-7-19 as the kick out from the Hawks in defence. Looking for Mick Williams. Just too much on it, and the mark taken by Kelly Thompson for the Saints. Thompson on centre wing, kicks it up the line, went over the head of Sheila, looking for Greiser. Mark at the back here for the Hawks. Umpire comes running in, says, you can play on now. Luke was a meat in the sandwich. Got out to Perkins. Perkins gave up the hand pass. Ricocheted off. Then they go for a little grubber kick along the ground. Doesn't work out. Kai's will jump in there to lay the tackle for the Saints. And the umpire's going to say, hatching it, holding the football. And a free kick going the way of Kai's. Coughed up there by uh, Hannah Stewart of the Hawks. Kai's elects to go backwards. The Tilly Lucas ride had to be good and was. Was perfect with it. Tilly Lucas ride, last woman on the line of defence there for the Saints. Oh. oh, her kick is intercepted. Anderson tries to go for a little rubber kick along the ground. Oh, Tilly Lucas Rod managed to get out of the mess. Oh, dear. O'Neill now kicks it towards the beach road side of the ground. Chasing after it is 
Nixon. Now, because it wasn't touched, that means it will be last disposal free kick to the Hawks. Ebony Nixon, the president, swings around on the left boot. Here comes Perkins well over her head. And out the back to O'Neill for an easy mark. O'Neill racking up the marks today. Comes up the ground and finds Alison Brown. No E. B-R-O-B-R-O-W-N. See, I'm smart. S-M-A-T. As the kick in towards the settling position. And it all gets wrapped up. And the umpire says no one's going anywhere. So we'll call for a ball up with two minutes to go to three-quarter time. The Saints are still reading it well. It seems, yeah, I think Paddy Hill certainly got the girls going, play in front. Unfortunately, when the ball's coming with the win, they probably need to be a little bit behind because the Saints are taking that back position and it's going over the top, yeah, probably 90% of the time. So they're taking those nice, clean marks. As Vesely from the halfback flank, umpire's blown the whistle. Now, is there an encroachment or what's going on here? Or was there a Saints player too Something close? in the middle down the field there. Yeah, I think they're just resetting. I don't think it's even changed hands. So it just, wasted, it, 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 yeah. so it just wasted the clock. <laughs> Saints are even happier about that, that's yeah. for sure. Vesely now goes long towards the wing position. Punched off hands, courtesy of Johnson coming through. Trying to pick up Henderson, got knocked away from her. Mackey gets involved for the Saints. And the ball is very close to the boundary line, but uh, it is... In a pack situation, so that means there will be a ball up, not a throw in. 45 seconds to go to the three-quarter time siren. And the umpire off the ball's picked a free kick here against the Hawks, and it's going the way of the Saints. And ending up with it is Jemima Kelly. We'll go for a run. Long kick up the line. Trying to find Bahanna, knocked away from her by Bentley. Coming through there, O'Donnell. Hurry, little hand pass. Hawks with a long kick out of defence, trying to find Henderson, went through her hands. Right, kick off the ground by Watton, finds McWilliams. 12 seconds to go, McWilliams has got to try and find Perkins. It got out the back, trying to hold onto it as Neves. It got away from her knees, got the football right up against the boundary line. Hand pass over and out, they're going to ask for deliberate, that's the question. And the umpire says no, we'll throw it in. As the Perko was pretty close to that, just in case. Just yeah, in case. yeah, yes, just yeah, in case. Yeah, it probably was. She was under pressure, but, it, you know, she put herself under that pressure, so it probably was pretty close to deliberate. I would have been, yeah, and there was I no, been yeah. trying to take it over the and line. I think, yeah, there was no I think the genuine field umpire attempt. wasn't in the right spot to yeah, actually yeah. see. It was like, it was hand-passed directly to the line. It wasn't yeah. like trying to hide it going up the line a bit. It was directly over and out. So maybe a little bit lucky, and that would have been, it would have been a nice little uh, shot for goal for them. For Perko off there, but yeah, no. Listen, Hawks much better in that in that quarter. Certainly came to play. Just got their structures, um, a li- you know, a little bit better. Played the played the, this side of the field. Played the you know played the breeze and the conditions better than than the Saints in that in that quarter. But you know, they really again, it's they've just got to you know, get themselves all, in front of goal. It almost looked like once they scored their goal, they backed off a little and just sort of went back to what they'd done earlier in the game instead of. You know, continue doing the good things that led to that goal. They just sort of coasted a bit, and then Saints got it back down to their fifty, and and um, pretty much had possession for the rest of the fi- rest of that quarter. Yeah, well, as I said, you know, you can sort of see the Saints just sort of setting up behind, and as the ball came into mm. Hawks attacking fifty, it just went over slightly over the head, so they just weren't quite reading it so into the Saints' hands. 
Hawthorne get in front, Saints kick it back, and of course, the, you know, going into the breeze, the Hawks are in front, and so of course they catch it. So it's been, it was a bit of kick to kick a lot of that quarter, so it was either you know, congestion or kick to kick. So yeah, just both teams not necessarily using the ball well, but Hawthorne well and truly um, a much better quarter and, and well and truly on top in that particular quarter. And Kelly O'Neill again being the champion of marks, just racking them up this time in defence. Yeah, there's a few players that seem to be really reading this wind, and mm. she's definitely one of them that's just getting to the position really early and um, doesn't have to do a lot. The ball's just coming straight down to her. Yep. Score at three-quarter time is the Saints 4-4-28, Hawthorne 2 We'll take this opportunity to take a quick break, and we're back with the final quarter right here on RSN Carnival 2. RSN 927 wants to send you to the Royal Melbourne Show. This year, the show celebrates 162 years of bringing the country to the city from September 21. There's heaps of new stuff, and it's even greater family value. We'll be giving away Royal Show family passes, ride cards, and general admission tickets, drawing winners three times a day. Get your name down on the entry page and you could be at the all-new Royal Melbourne show on us. Head to the competitions page at rsn.net.au. Throughout my cancer treatment, the daffodil was a symbol of hope for me, but it was research that saved my life. Every minute, every hour, every day, research is working to protect the ones you love. Thanks to research, I was able to survive cancer and start high school. The daffodil gave me hope. Research gave me high school. Give more than hope this Daffodil Day appeal. Donate today at daffodilday.com.au. The verdict. Every one of the jockeys has been adhered to the current practice of when you come back from concussion, and there's a few little steps involved there. I even wondered it, and this isn't casting aspersions, but when I saw Michael Walker riding so quickly as well, this is after a big fall. Should there be a mandatory timeout for jockeys? The verdict. 9 till 10 Monday morning. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse on RSN 927. Would you like a life by the beach? Make the sea change to Port Arlington Village. Just 200 metres from the water, just 400 metres from the golf club. It's quality beach living for the over 55s. Living in your own new home in the Port Arlington Township with a clubhouse, pool, gym and more. The best of the Bellarine right at your feet and Geelong just 30 minutes away. Don't leave it too late. Inspect the new homes now and see where beach life begins. See portarlingtonvillage.com.au RSN Carnival 2. Is the VFL Women's Match of the Day? And welcome back here on RSN Carnival 2, WARFradio.com and the VFL. We're too busy actually talking footy off the mic when we should be talking footy on the mic here. <laughs> Swiss bonus VFL Women's Match of the Day. Coach Graves was asked about what games are we doing next week? That is a very good question. Uh, at this moment, we can tell you that obviously we've got Melbourne Union and the NT Thunder on Sunday because it's the only game on the Sunday, so we'll be live on air with that. Uh, Geelong versus Carlton is actually going to be at GMHBA Stadium. I thought it was meant to be at Icon Park, but... Um, According to the app, GMHBA Stadium. Um, that Much closer to my house if it was at yeah, Icon yeah. Park. I can yeah. the That game will be on uh, gofooty.live. We'll be taking that game on warfradio.com. And depending, um, well, actually, on the res- depending on the result of the Geelong-Weemstown game, if Geelong do win, then we'll be doing Richmond and the Southern Saints from 12 o'clock at, uh, at Punt Row. Uh, no, here, at Sandringham. Um, because uh, the reason is, with that game, it, depending on the situation... If Richmond lose, but Hawthorne win, 
then it comes down to if both Melbourne Uni and Geelong win, it's a percentage if Richmond survive in the uh, in the top six. Yeah, it's certainly good, isn't it? The, those teams, those teams coming up, um, you know, and certainly a change, a bit of a change of the guard from last season to this season as well. So it's yeah, it's it's really close in that top area, and there's still a few teams that you know can wiggle around. But it's been nice to even see the other teams in the latter part of the year come up and play some really good footy. And, and that's what we're saying. We we're hoping that at one stage in the final series there'd be a Richmond Collingwood final where you go. Just imagine the crowd that will roll out for that one. Yeah, but it's a, it's a ripper, isn't it? And Richmond have been playing some beautiful footy too. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to see these these teams coming in um, that are coming into the AFLW competition next year have some have some really good games and play some really good footy. And, and as I said, you know, they haven't finalised all their lists, but at this stage we'll still go to draft. But, yeah, it's, it's looking good. Comfortable win to the Doggies over Richmond yesterday. American Danny Marshall kicking three goals. God, uh, I can't wait to see her in the AFLW. She's done extremely well in the VFLW. And the umpires pulled out a whistle for a free kick too high going the way of the Saints, and it's going the way of Alison Drennan. If I remember correctly, I think she was the one that was doing CrossFit, was a CrossFit star, absolute super fit athlete. You had, has she kicked a goal in every game she's played so far? That's so a, no, she must be pretty close to that. That is a very good question that we'll have to do some research on. As Here's the kick flying through the air, but Hannah was at her fingertips, just popped out of. Pereira's waiting out the back, but Hannah jumps in to lay a tackle and will call for a ball up. And that's what we'll have at the centre-half forward here for the Saints. One minute into this final term. They lead 4-4-28 to 2-6-18, according to the corrected scoreboard here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. Awkward kick off the side of the boot by Shearlaw. Trying to find McCarthy. Was waiting out the back. Beeson immediately wrapped up here by Johnson. And will call for a ball up. They've been throwing McCarthy around, haven't they? Originally started in the midfield to start the game. Now deep forward. Yeah, certainly a lot of the St Kilda players I've seen have actually moved from you know, half back to half forward and vice versa. It's really good. Again, Pete, just trying to see whether they play their best footy and also make them really versatile. In a 16-a-side AFLW um, game, they're going to be you know, find themselves in using a lot of the field, whether they're a defender or a forward or a mid. Van Dyke goes up to Dylan. Bit of a grubber kick, though. Was sent back from whence it came by Brown. Here comes Shiloh. Had it through her hands, though. Went out the back. Radden, hand pass dangerously over the top. Kreiser comes in and lays the tackle. They scream for ball. The umpire says no proper opportunity as Carroll is wrapped up. Right in the goal square, a metre out. It was probably good to see the umpire didn't sort of get overexcited with the crowd then and uh, and pick it because she was caught straight away, so she didn't have any opportunity. Luke brings it down to ground. They're going to shuffle it through for a point. 4-5-28, the Southern Saints. Hawthorne, 2-6-18. And due to percentage, we remind you that if the Saints win today's game, heading into the final round, the Saints will be on top of the ladder. And then the Saints and Pines will be fighting it out next week for top position. The Hawks play the Pies. The Saints play the Tigers as O'Neill kicks it back inside. 50 for the Saints looking for McCarthy. Outmarked there by Van Dyke. And whatever you do, do not take on Kate McCarthy because you will always be run down. Yeah, JVD. I probably, that probably ran through my head as soon as she took off because she loves a run, Jade Van Dyke. But uh, when it's when it Kate McCarthy, yeah. I don't think so. Just, just quietly, Kate McCarthy has some wheels, so probably not the smartest decision in the world. Doesn't she still have a sprint record from high school or something? <laughs> Definitely. And being down, uh, being down the down in Melbourne, she's probably even faster at the moment, just trying to keep warm. 
as part of the long sleeve mafia. She kicks it long. Kate McCarthy points to the sky and says, it's all about me. Thank you. Run down, kicks it, and she says she's cats with a K. And it is 5 5 35, the Southern Saints, Hawthorne 2 6 18. McCarthy loving every bit of that. And she's rocking those braids beautifully. Kate McCarthy, absolute superstar. And we look forward to seeing her run around the AFLW alongside with another Lion, former Carlton player Nat Exxon, when she joins in. Yeah, both of them uh, coming down to... Um, Pete's picked up a couple of nice little players there from the Brisbane Lions. are probably much to Stas' disgust. But, yeah, so really two fantastic pickers and two really good quick... Two really good quicks for them. And with that, Exxon, hashtag bring back the mullet. It was fantastic <laughs> when she had it going two years ago. As the ball is now in the middle of the ground... Just bobbles around. Tries a hurry kick. McCarthy looking nearby. Sheila or Pereira... Couldn't get it out. Bentley sells a bit of candy. Oops to Watton, who got caught by Drennan. The umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Yeah, Lou Watton, not quite the agility of Kirby Bentley there. Couldn't kind of manoeuvre herself out of her way with that big rack body. Watton's more about endurance rather than the uh, fancy stuff. As Hutchins comes charging through, O'Neill. Hurry kick by the Saints. Shield off front, Posse. Pereira from behind, spoiled it. Pereira goes in again, fighting hard there with Drennan. Coming in O'Neill, umpire circling blows the whistle and call ball up. Pereira is one of those players where we were surprised last year in the draft she got overlooked, considering the best on ground performance she had in the grand final. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Obviously, being part of um, part of that system last year, we certainly looked, and there would have been plenty of clubs. I know at Carlton, we certainly looked. You know, Haas was really keen on her. So yeah, so I think you know she was probably really unlucky, and I don't know whether it was an age thing or whatever um, that might have kept her out of that draft. But I th- think she's still adaptable, particularly with these new teams coming in. As the ball gets knocked around to O'Neill with her legs. Soccer skills from Hutchins, who realises, oops, by kicking it off the ground. And his last disposal free kick to the Saints. So Johnson now has it. And she is right in front of the Hawks coaching bench. And Paddy Hill, who's got the arms crossed and not happy at all. Johnson, Grosser! Comes out and takes the mark. Caitlin Grosser. We'll be kicking from outside the paint. About five to six metres in from the boundary line, right in front of our broadcast position. And beautifully weighted ball there, wasn't it? It's just mm. lace out and no one was going to stop that. Well, Talia Radan was never going to get a fist in there. She was just perfectly weighted. McCarthy with the lead. Julie ignored. Greiser kicks just outside the paint. Let's it ride. It's away to the right. Distance was good. The accuracy was not. Yeah, probably just sort of got a bit close to the mark there, Pete, at the end. 5-6-36 to 2-6-18. The kickback from the play was pretty ordinary. Greiser has it again. Radden gets wrapped up, but in the back, according to the umpire. Just accidental. Fell on top of her. Radden says, I'll have the footy back, please. Taking it out of Mackey's hands. Beeson giving instructions. Radden. Up the line. Watton comes flying through. Trying to get front posse. Johnson. Knocked out of the hands there of O'Donnell. Now worked it sideways. Stewart kicks it inside. 50 through the hands there. Pereira's going to clean up at the back. Pereira goes the hand pass. Got partially cut off. Sheerlaw got knocked away from her. Trying to keep it in is Nixon. Looking for Pereira. McCarthy is off the side of the boots. 
Christmas Ooh. eyes again. Jamaica Cricket. <laughs> Jamaica thought she was the player that got it the last time, her teammate there in the last goal. But, um, yeah, listen, you know, they're petering away at the goals, and I guess that's better than being down the other end. Umpire blows the whistle for a holding infringement going the way of PMAC. Phoebe McWilliams, a local, just lifts up the road in Elwood. Gets on the right boot. Kicks it long, heading in the direction of Watton through her hands. Membry at the back there. The legs of Johnson. Dylan tries to fire out the hand pass to Flanagan and the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. Interested to know your thoughts on the likes of Flanagan and Beeson today considering they're a couple of players looking to be picked up in the AFLW draft. Um, Beeson's with John. Oh, no, no, Beeson, pardon me. I'm thinking Dylan, pardon me. Dylan, pardon me. Did you know something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, like, yeah. like, well, I didn't know about Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've been making some phone tongue. calls if she's going yeah. to Slip of the tongue. <laughs> Dil- Dil- I was trying to say Dylan and Flanagan, pardon me. <clears throat> Shows where my brain's gone for the day. Has going in there, Drennan. And I think that this is the difference between Hawthorne. I think Beck Beeson's been quiet today. Yeah. And she's normally their engine room in the games that I've seen Hawthorne play. She, if she's up and about, and I think last week she absolutely killed it, um, you know, they really do get so much more ball use out of those stoppages. Kicks long through the hands there of Bahana, trying to clear it up. Radden, Pereira immediately caught by Drennan. Squeezed out there, Van Dyke. Knocked away from her. Hutchins tries to feed the hand pass to Bentley. Carroll, interestingly, off the side of the boot. Looking for Beeson now. And the ball still matches to stay in play. Carroll with hand pass, setting a task there for Bentley. Tries to get the don't argue. Then got on the right boot, looking for Watton. Watton receives. Watton now goes long on the right, going up the central corridor. Awkward bouncing football. Isabella Shannon wants to come through here for the Saints. Knocked away from her. Tamara Luke tried to go off the carpet. Shannon goes in once again. Umpire's blown the whistle and says she copped it too high and will get a free kick. 23rd player today for the Southern Saints, Isabella Shannon. Gets on the right boot, coming inboard. Awkward bouncing ball here for Brown. Alison Brown tried to run onto it and then ran over it. Dylan harassed her off of it. Kicked it off the side of the boot. Racing out towards the boundary line. Rebecca Neves wants to try and get there first. Picks it up in front of the scoreboard. Got run down but got rid of the football. Still in front of the scoreboard, Beach Road side of the ground. In goes Drennan. Over her back, the umpire said it was fair or accidental. Molly McDonald got on the left boot, went up the line, was trying to find Bahanna. Comes in Bahanna and lays the tackle on her Hawthorne opponents. And the umpire said no opportunity. We'll call for a ball up. Coach Kiwi. Yeah, look, um, it looks like Hawthorne are trying to do those shorter passes to get the ball moving and, you know, and then provide a bigger kick once they get halfway out the field. But um, St Kilda are just defending really well. They're just, you know, spread and they're calm under pressure. And um, when they get possession, they've just got better use of it. As it bubbles around and the umpire says it's going nowhere in this pack situation and will call for a ball up between centre wing and the half-forward flank for... The Southern Saints around the ground scores. Final scores from Skybus Stadium. Casey Demons, 11-9-75. Defeated NT Thunder, three straight 18. Up a win there for the Demons as now the Saints move it forward. Trying to find Bahana who takes the mark. Tara Bahana swallows that one and she'll be kicking 45 metres out. Oh, got, oh, thought about playing on. The umpire said you did, so you've got to play on. Kicks it high towards the pocket looking for Kate Sheelaw out of bounds on the full. Not a great kick, Coach Kiwi. No, she should have um, just kept coming back towards the middle of the field there instead of going, you know, narrow, especially with that wind that comes across. 
Um, but, yeah, I think she just rushed with that pressure of the um, umpire corner play on. Ferreira back into play, finds Van Dyke in the pocket. Around the grounds, third quarter at Downer Oval, at uh, Latrobe Uni, rather. Weemstown, one straight six, trail Geelong, three straight 18. And we remind you that Geelong actually do need a big win over the bottom place, Weemstown, to help their percentage calculation going into the final round as Geelong is seventh and another team sitting outside the sixth. The long kick by the Saints is going to be marked by McDonald. In the back pocket, Ali McDonald, that is, looking for Meg Hutchins, who takes the ball in front of O'Neill. Hutchins in the back pocket, broadcast side, looking for rain almost with that kick. And it's an easy mark here for the Saints. It's the same kick that hasn't worked once when they've tried it. Johnson now looking for Sheerlaw. And Mark taken out the back here by... 33, Emily Gilder, who just now goes oh. short over the head there at Beeson. That just sums up the day. That's the kick they want to find, just a little bit flatter. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that high one coming out to the top of their 50, the wind's just held it every time. And, you know, someone from St Kilda has been under it every single time. The Hawks now find themselves in a dangerous position with the ladder. We'll explain about that in a moment's time. As the ball gets thrown back into play, Watton... Bumped off of it. Sheerlaw got it out to Jones, who Kittler was at the top of the square, was looking for Bahana. Mackey off the ground! Ball game! 6-6-42, the Southern Saints. Hawthorne, 2-6-18, 12-and-a-half-minute mark of the final term. The girl Graves, that's all she wrote. Yeah, it was great work, wasn't it? And just take those opportunities. And when it's in that dangerous space, just in that, you know, 15 metres around from goal and certainly in that, that's what you do, you put pressure on the defenders, they start to make mistakes because it's in such a pressure cooker um, part of the ground being sort of just around that goal square and yeah and just off she goes, Mackie was like, yep thank you very much for coming. Well, yeah I think the Hawthorne defender was just too busy doing the body contact Yeah we talked about it, ball yeah, doesn't need a shepherd. Exactly, just yeah. didn't worry where the ball was as much as where the player was the reigning premiers at the moment are in a dangerous situation. It looks like they will lose this game if both Melbourne Uni and Geelong win next week. Accounting for Geelong winning today, Hawthorne go out. Gee, Woolley will be um, wishing they had uh, Lionel Hope playing today, wouldn't they? Absolutely. As, as Greiser now takes it for the Saints at 45 oh. metres out. Galen Greiser let it ride, but it's away to the left. 6-7-43, the Southern Saints, 2 6 18 uh, so if Geelong win and then beat uh, Carlton next week, it, essentially it all comes down to Hawthorne's fate or other side's fates in the Melbourne Uni NT Thunder game, the last game of the season on Sunday, standalone game. How's that for a finish? Yeah, and as we talk about those those sort of bottom of the table teams who are actually starting to really play some good footy, you're now actually having an effect on the teams at the top of the ladder yeah. on ladder position. So yeah, good old uh, good old footy. It's always a way we would get to those last couple of and, weeks. And a Carlton Geelong game is going to be really. Interesting too. I don't know if Darcy's back playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's still a bit crook. Last well, I heard she didn't after their head, cra- head clash with Bree the other week. Darcy and Bree had a bit of a clash there. Was a bit of social media stuff, and they're really good friends, so they would have had a bit of a giggle after it. McCarthy. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I was going to Bree yesterday. And she seems to have come out quite well, considering the photos of her face right at the end of that game. But um, but it seemed like Darcy was a bit sick for a couple of weeks with some delayed concussion, so you hope she comes out well. Kate McCarthy lining up for goal, 35 metres out directly in front. If she kicks this goal, get the cameras out and look for the celebration. <laughs> Whack it up on your Instagram and tag her in it. Oh, don't worry, she'll have it on her Instagram. We'll be out. Kate McCarthy, 40 metres out from goal, has pushed to the yeah. left. I think she knew. Yep. Her, her hand stayed right by her side. <laughs> yep, yep. 
wasn't even halfway up to celebrate. 6-8-44, the Saints. Hawthorne 2 6 18 of course, don't underestimate Carlton next week against Geelong. Of course, they won against Darabin yesterday in the unofficial Nicole Graves Cup. Passed <laughs> uh, <so laughs> away by Perkins. Intercepted here by uh, Courtney Munn, who kicks high. But the mark is it's well taken by Jones. And Jones, 45 metres out. A bit of play going on there between Greiser and Dylan off the ball. As Jones now from 45 metres out against the boundary line. Puts it towards the top of the goal square. Watton was waiting out the back door. And won't see it through from behind. We'll have to keep it in play. He goes for a grubber kick. Was trying to find Ali McDonald. Hard to pick it up. In goes Ebony Nixon. She can't extract it out. Saints with an opportunity oh. in the pocket. It's squeezed through from minus score. Yeah, there is just starting to be a little bit of niggling around the, uh, a little bit of pushing and shoving around the around the packs and uh, as everything is. So yeah, definitely no love lost there, and no doubt Hawks will be starting to, you know, panic a bit where their season's going. Six nine forty five. The Saints or Hawks two six eighteen. Here's the long kick. Looking for Perkins. Umpire says holding infringement. Free kick on the Saints. Perkins not happy. I wonder if it's, it's internal frustration with the Hawks. After their big win against Melbourne Uni, they probably thought, right, now we're in finals mode. Then struggled against Casey and have put in a perform- poor performance today. It's probably them going, we can do better and we're not. As it's taken away here by Nixon coming out of defence for the Hawks. Looking for Perkins who juggled it. Perkins swallowed the footy and she is defensive side of centre wing. Alexa wheel around, get on the right. Goes towards the centre-half four position, no one home. Yeah, that's where I think they're going it. wrong, Pete. They're really just kicking for distance instead of kicking for position and to work the ball together. So they're just not working well as a team together. Um, the Hawks today. It almost feels like in the second half, they know the game's gone. They put the cue in the rack early. As umpire pulls out a free kick to Meg Hutchins here at centre-half back. Hutchins. But even if you look right now where they're leading, they're just not leading short either. They're, they're leading to this pack. Yeah, they definitely yeah really narrowed the field, haven't they, with the way yeah. that they've chosen their kick selection and where they've chosen to move the footy. Kelly. They're not really dominating those pack situations either, so... You want to adjust things and make lesser use of that if you're not getting... And St Kilda by hand, they're working the ball out as they are right now. There's the handball patterns. They're really moving it well. Drennan towards the top of the square, but Hannah pulls it in beautifully in the one-on-one versus Pereira. She's been in this situation a couple of times, just hanging off the back, waiting for that long ball coming in. So it's good, you know, she's getting some reward for that now. Yeah, she does use her body position well. as a bit of my hope in, in that sort of style, sort of just pushing them under the ball. And particularly with this yep. breeze, that slight push under just gets them Travis. enough to, to get that clear sort of chest mark over the back. Tara Bahana, 12 metres out directly in front, no problems whatsoever. She kicks a goal and 7-9-51, the Southern Saints, Hawthorne 2-6-18. I think with the likes of Biso being so quiet, you know, the, the key forwards for the Hawks are just not getting enough ball. And so that's why you're seeing the likes of Perkin that come at the field, and then they're coming up frustrated. So given it, she gave away, you know, probably a, a cheap free there um, before she then went in and made amends. But um, they're just not getting enough good, good ball going forward, and um, Hawthorne midfield probably too quiet today for them. And, and the strange thing is, like the Saints today, it's a commanding performance. They're, they're up by 33 points. But they still, again, they don't even seem at their best, the Saints. It seems like they can still go another gear or two. That's what I mean. They're organised, Pete. Yeah. They're really organised in the way they play their footy. And even though they have players that are inexperienced, they set themselves up really well on those stoppages. They don't get sucked in. They have players really sharing so they get some width. You just see the players moving 
really quickly to position where Hawthorne aren't reacting to that whistle. They're standing, and that's why they're having to kick it mm. to this contest. But Saints are actually prepared to move it out wide. We've seen several times them kicking across the face of goal, and as a coach, that's what you want them to do. You want them to be brave when they're learning their trade at VFL level. Absolutely, and they're doing it without panicking. Mm. You know, they're very calm. Gilda goes across to Carroll. Carroll now from centre wing wants to come inboard only for it to be intercepted by Drennan. So Drennan with the footy with a minute to play in the game. The Saints will be taking this one out and will go to the top of the VFLW ladder. Now kicks it inboard. Bounce off hands looking for Bohanna. Now coming through. Alison Brown knocked out of her hands. Wanted to jump in there. Pereira can't get it out. Jumping in there as well as Membry. Kate McCarthy as well. And the umpire's actually pulled it for holding the football against Mackey. And it will be a free kick to Jordan Membry. And a 25-meter penalty. And I think it was from a bit of lip from Kate McCarthy. Kate McCarthy Am I not surprised? Been, yep, she might have been just explaining to him in no uncertain <laughs> terms. So, poor old... Yeah, former Queenslanders. <laughs> oh. And here's the kick coming back into play. Now running across and going for a snapper goal here. Here's Samara Luke. Oh, that's good because the kick wasn't very good. And that goal there. She finished it off so, beautifully. It was yeah, really nice. the finish was great, but a kick to her was uh, a bit of a jag. It was interesting, but uh, that snap on goal by the Hawks now. I'm sure, she meant it. Adds a little bit of respectability. 3 6 24, Southern Saints 7 9 51 as we just wait for the siren to go. And there it is. That is full time here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval in Sandringham. The Hawks 3 6 24 go down to the Southern Saints 7 9 51. That is 16 scoring shots to 9 to end the game. Yeah, they really just started to accumulate, didn't they? That first little yeah. part, you're sort of seeing the one. One goal two to one goal three sort of thing. You're sort of starting to think, oh, this weather is really going to have an impact on that with the with the uh, with the breeze being so strong. But yeah, Saints just they just plugged away. They just kept plugging away, and the goals came to them. And as we've discussed right through the game, I, I was really impressed with uh, you know the fact that they're able to structure themselves up, be calm, and make good. And when you're calm, you make better decisions. And that's what we really want to see in women's footy: is much better decisions. That kicking and marking, that whole you know keeping possession rather than just kick and hope. You know, really important. Some of that could go back to, you know, Pete's philosophy about having, you know, a whole team of leaders mm. is that they're all out there back themselves because they all yeah. know they're kind of in this role as a leader on the field and they've got, you know, something particular to bring to their team rather than relying on one person you know, screaming to them from each line or from, you know, an area of the field. But, yeah, they just did look a lot more organised on defence and, yeah, just calm, taking the ball forward and patience. And, you know, I think they just used the win better and this end of the field, definitely their scoring end. And um, they showed composure and, and never panicked with the football and um, got the rewards. I, I know we're casting a long way forward because we're obviously yet to see how this side will go in the AFLW. But the frightening thing is it is a young side. And if they stay together and they perform well together, that can be just success of one play. That could be years of success. Yeah, and that's certainly how yeah Pete sets the footy teams up. You watch, um, you know, where it was set up at Darabin with those breeding of those young players coming through. And people go, well, they had Daisy and everything. Well, Daisy came to Darabin as a 16-year-old. So there's been a lot of pathway um, progress at Darabin, and obviously Pete's been part of that. Um, you know, Because the under 18 there, I think, won like five or six in a row as well. Yeah, they've been really successful. And that's really the key to it, you yeah. know, is to make sure that... And because if you get those young players in, the loyalty comes the loyalty comes with it if you're treating them well. Because this is the first place that they're learning their trade. It may be some of the best coaching that they've ever experienced, particularly some of those community footballers coming into this level for the first time. Not necessarily probably the NAB Cup League sort of girls who have got 
coaches around them mm. have been that. But, yeah, really, you know, really impressive game. Um, and you think with Hawks, you know, I've had their best and, and most are... You know, either listed players or AFL listed players, but I thought Molly McDonald was yeah. just fantastic. Really, you know, breath of fresh air out there. Took some really beautiful marks. Um, you know, Kate Sheila or Kate McCarthy were obviously good. And I thought, you know, as a small defender, we would never have picked this, but you know, Pete's picked it beautifully. Lucas Tilly Lucas Rod, you know, as you know, deep key defender almost. She was down there. Just she makes good decisions. She's good use of the ball. Tilly's got really good skills uh, and makes and makes good decisions. So I think it's you know her cleaning up was really good down there and really sort of sets and killed her up when it did get down into that deep defence. They were calm. They were prepared to kick across goal. They were prepared to do those short handballs, ones over the top, protect each other and run and carry the ball outside of fifty. Versus Hawks who are just getting the ball and, and trying to boot. You know, put the leather off it uh, with the breeze just basically sending it back in their own face. Tilly Lucas Rod brings up an interesting plan B or C for the for the Saints because we saw at the start of the year their defence was using a taller defence. Clara Fitzgerald, for example, of course, um, Patrick Rather, pardon me, the Irish woman who's currently back in Ireland as we speak, plus, of course, uh, Frankie Hocking. So they have the option of couple of tools in defence, or they go small with Lucas Rod. Yeah, so as I said, it was you know, really good and obviously pleasing uh, knowing Tilly from Carlton so well. It's really pleasing to see these players and Kate you know, reinventing themselves, reinvigorated, you know, up and about, you know, re-watts out there as well. So, you know, they're really taking those opportunities to, to give themselves the best shot to play, you know, a really significant role in AFLW4 at their new clubs. What's also interesting coming out of this game, Kate McCarthy, two goals, a good performance, didn't need to start. This is a difference. We were talking about pre-game, we talked about Mo Hope, Mope getting 40 possessions for Williamstown and always having to try and carry a side. Where uh, Kate McCarthy, who's a similar type forward, Kate McCarthy in this St Kilda side doesn't have to start. She just has to play that role and that role is effective. Yeah. Mm. And that coaching group won't, you know, yeah. Pete won't let big heads yeah. you know, grow in that team. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, assistant coaches that have been in women's footy um, that are with Pete that will actually nurture and support and make sure that people do play as a team, that no one's better than the other and the kids and, and the kids will feel that. So it's really, uh, you know, really important. You know, as I said, for the Hawks, you know, I thought Phoebe McWilliams was good. And Steph Carr was really, worked really hard down back. It was a tough, it was a tough day. Um, you know, the forwards when they were going um, were okay and certainly Perko presented as she always does but again they've got to keep the footy in that in that attacking 50 you know it's almost like the seven point play we get a point but we've got to keep it until we get that goal. If you imagine those two that she dropped if yeah. she held them and scored because yeah. she was at the yeah. goal square yeah. what a difference that exactly. would have made Exactly and too. I thought you know you know, with uh, Bisa not sort of at the top of her game today I thought Jordan Membry was, was excellent you know really put herself in there got first use of the footy for them but you know as I said it was just too few doing too much um, Laura McClellan was playing in the back line. She played pretty much all the TAC Cup or NAB Cup. NAB League, yeah. yeah. League. As a forward, I prefer her as a defender. I think she just reads the ball better. But yeah. I thought she had a really good game today. And, um, you know, and she's one of these young ones. I think she made the All-Australian for the under-18s as well. She's really trying to, you know, put a hand up and be, you know, to be drafted as well. And I think she's got a good-sized body and really good kid. But, yeah, I thought she did pretty well. And, um, getting in, she just put her head over the ball yeah. a lot of times at crucial points in the back line for Hawthorne too. And if you want to get drafted, you've got to be versatile. So these kids, that it'll take the opportunity in v- at VFL level to go from forward to back. And, and very much so to teach a young player the game, it quite often is better to teach them 
to play as a defender because they're seeing the ball come into them and they're watching what's happening in the field. So quite often that defensive role, maybe, you know, half-back flank sort of thing is, is actually helps them learn the game. Yeah. Um, um, and so you can get that footy Lee did it yesterday for Collingwood. She's normally a forward, mm. and yesterday took on the fullback role. Yeah. And I thought she was outstanding as a yeah. fullback. Certainly, yeah, Carlton, yeah, Je- uh, Jess Hosking um, was one of those ones where we thought just get her behind the footy, you know, netball, plenty of years of netball, get her behind the footy, and, and you know, so they're running straight lines at it. It's quite often quite effective when you're still trying to teach people the game, even though they're, you know, three years into their AFLW careers. The, the good news is for the VFLW-listed players is as we come into the draft in October, there's going to be something around 50 spots, at least in the Victorian pool, available. According to our mail, the NAB League pool probably isn't as strong as last year uh, sorry, this, this year as it was last year um, the, the emphasis is on they reckon the 17 year olds are really good and they reckon the next year's draft will be fantastic this year's probably not as strong as last year's pool so because of that they reckon there could be around 20, 30, 20 to 30 of these senior VFLW players that could get picked up yeah, it's probably the top end. The top end talent is always yeah, you know, those, right. your yep. top sort yep. of tennis. It's yep. certainly always there. And probably you know, you being honest, last year's um, you know, talent depth was probably ten to fifteen. If you're really yeah, honest yeah. with yourself, of, of that top talent that can actually yeah. go straight into an AFLW yeah. system. Yeah. After that, you need time to nurture them, which is mm. really hard in an AFLW system. So clubs will be putting plenty of time into them in their VFLW season. Those girls that were drafted last year, and the same thing will happen next year. So yeah, I definitely think that there's um, a few and there's a lot of interstate quality interstate players as well so it'd be interesting to see where everyone sort of lands but I think that there's probably more talent as in um, you know might go to 20 but it's not as top end as it was probably last year with the press parkers although mind you Patrikios doesn't roll too badly either so yeah. yeah so I think that you know it's a bit of a balance on that and particularly what you're looking for there's a lot yeah again a lot of the girls are quite small so they're going to take a little bit of time to develop particularly the West Australian kids coming in this year a lot you know a lot smaller frame uh, with the Michaela Bowens and, and such you know a lot smaller frame um, than probably some of the others um, but you know as we see Tyler Hanks and Maddie Press Parker certainly didn't weren't phased if you were five foot nothing playing AFLW last season interesting situation for the Southern Saints next week they take on Richmond uh, Richmond out of the four sides they're in the danger zone at the most likely at this stage of staying in you, you almost uh, <laughs> don't want to say the word tank or anything like that, but you're in a peculiar situation as the Saints going, who, you're anticipating Geelong and Melbourne Uni both to win because of their, who they're up against. You're kind of thinking to yourself, well, who would you rather stay in the top six? You know, if Richmond won, would you rather have Richmond in the finals with you? Or if you uh, beat Richmond, so Hawthorne would probably be knocked out. If Collingwood beat Hawthorne, would you rather Hawthorne out of the finals and not having to front them? You, you, you kind of start to get into a situation of you have a bit of say on who will make it and who won't. Yeah, and I think, well, you know, the thing with, I guess, you're probably seeing the best of Hawthorne's team most weeks, whereas the risk of, you know, a Richmond is all of a sudden some AFLW players pop back in. I'm quite sure yeah. they're quite a formidable... Uh, Brennan, Conti, yeah, Frederick. Yeah, yeah, so you can imagine. So I'd be going, ooh, if I really wanted, I'd probably like to rather not see Richmond in there yeah. just because of their sheer depth of yeah. talent and those players that might play in finals that perhaps, you know, you can't see 
Hawthorne necessarily getting any better in terms of people that they've got in their team, but, you know, certainly those other clubs with their AFLW, AFLW affiliates, it's a bit of a danger area. So, yeah, that would be that would be me. I haven't watched a great deal of the VFL this year, apart from calling the games, etc., etc. But, um, yeah, so that's where I would feel. But no one's ever going to tank a footy game. Yeah. If I was Pete Sell, you'd turn around and go, well, you know, Richmond are going to more than likely be in finals. They're going to be formidable. Let's suss out how they play because we may meet them again in the in the coming weeks. So you really want to sort of suss out, you know, how they play. And you've got a team that you're going to be playing against at AFLW level. And both of those coaches are going to be AFLW coaches. So their similar style for what they're going to come into the 2020 season is maybe. So you maybe get a, a few little pearls as a coach to see what it's going to be like come January, February, whenever it is, uh, next year for AFLW4. We have to wrap things up here on RSN Carnival 2, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. Coach Kiwi, thank you very much for joining us here and uh, best of luck with your pies next week against the Hawks in uh, what will be the video stream game next or next Saturday. Oh, I'll try and remember to wave. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you very much. Of course, we on RSN Carnival 2 will have uh, Richmond and uh, Southern Saints on the same time at this ground. Nicole Graves, thank you as always for your marvellous work. Oh, you know, it's always it's a bit of fun. <laughs> Absolutely sensational. And welcome back to freezing cold Melbourne as the temperatures now drop. Yeah, calling the games at least keeps me honest on the weekends. Make sure I get in bed nice and early and don't party too hard. So, yeah, so I'm really enjoying it, Pete. So thanks, both of you. And I'm Peter Holden. Join us again for the midweek show, 6 p.m. Wednesday night, 12 p- oh, 11 a.m. rather, next Saturday for Richmond and the Southern Saints here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval, followed by Geelong Carlton, and then on Sunday for Melbourne Uni and Hawthorne. Until next week, it's bye for now. The VFL Women's Match of the Day is a volunteer production by Women's Australian Rules Football Radio for RSN 927's digital channel Carnival 2. Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres.